is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello and welcome to episode 88 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Stanley, and for the first time in a long time, the three co-hosts all together again, Gavin Marshall, Dave Hart and Rich Citrone. How are you doing, guys? Not bad at all. Not too bad. Good. Good to be back. All, all four of us again. Yeah. Dave, it's been a while. Mm, yeah, it's been a while. It, it feels like a, like a month, but it's not. It's only been a couple of weeks, but, you know. I mean, Absence makes the heart grow fonder, they it, say. It feels like a couple of weeks for me, right? Because we recorded so early the week before. I think we did a couple episodes in a row, right, Gavin? And then mm. uh, waited the whole week of the draft. So it's been like two weeks, really, since we've all spoken. So apart from me and Rich, who watched the draft together, but we'll get to that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're here to talk about the draft, right? We're going we're gonna to dive deep into this. That's what everyone's interested in. Um, I was even getting people sort of asking where the podcast was. I think people were anticipating that we'd announce our thoughts on every pick immediately but uh, I've wanted some time to decompress just just let the you know let the vibes pass through me for a week or so you know I yeah I needed it I needed yeah. to decompress we'll yeah. get onto that in a minute yeah um I mean let's just crack on I mean this is kind of news the whole thing is news are we, are we abandoning the news drop yet Gav I, I kind of want to check in on you with that no no well the, the the precursor to the news is I've been so busy what with all the draft stuff and also my own work life uh, the news the news drop lives so far in its current form, so yeah. uh, here we go. News. You know, I thought you won't come I, I thought what you were gonna say then was you were so busy that the, the news drop just didn't exist anymore. That it like wasn't you didn't have any drops, it was all a shambles. <laughs> no, no, it's not not a total shambles. Partial shambles. Okay, appreciate it. I over promised and under delivered in terms <laughs> of the new drop. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Um, okay, so the big news, the Steelers, we're going to separate this out, we're going to do the first um, three picks, the first kind of top 100 picks, uh, first of all, the Steelers went the way that I think we kind of anticipated they would by draft day and took Najee Harris with the first round pick, number 24, the running back out of Alabama, um, this is the most predictable pick I have ever seen the Steelers take, Um kind of telegraphed it a little bit. Uh, I imagine Rich is pretty pleased. In fact, I know he was, if anyone saw the reaction video I posted on Twitter. Um, how are you all feeling now with a few days to decompress this? How pleased were you, Rich? Oh, ecstatic. I can't I can't even explain it. I'm so happy. Have you seen the video, Gav? I watched it, yeah. 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 It Because it, Rich was on a little bit of a delay to me, so I wasn't like announcing the pick, and then you kind of see you see my reaction, and then you see Rich just scream yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love the player. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the player. But we, 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 you know, we went we went over this over and over and over again. And I, I, I did finally come up with a, 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 a how I feel what they did, and I'll put it I'll put it like this. So imagine you're in a casino, right, and you've lost all of your money. So what 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 drafting Najee to me feels like is like going to the bank and drawing out the last of your money that you have to pay your rent and putting it on black, right, to try and win back all the money you've lost. That that that's what that it feels like the gamble that that if it comes off, if Najee is good enough to play behind this terrible offensive line with a declining Ben. Then great, you know, everyone everyone wins, everyone's happy. But there's a chance that 
you know, it, it, it's a gamble. It's it's not, you know, there, there were other ways they could have gone here to create a, a better foundation with the running game and, and, and you know, supporting Ben and supporting, a, a, you know, the next quarterback, whoever that may be, a bridge guy, a veteran guy or, or another rookie. It just feels like that this is a bit of a gamble. You know, it's like, yes, he's got massive upside. He could be, you know, a generational talent at the running back position, but it might all not work if he can't produce behind a patchwork O-line. So that that's that's how I feel. So, yes, I love the player. I love, I, you know, I, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad he's in black and gold. I'm going to, you know, be... Enjoy watching him, but there is that risk there, and that's 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 where I was after after the first night of the draft. Yeah, I mean, we talk, we'll talk about all three of these picks in a minute, but you can really see that. You know, we discuss what's the plan overall. They're going to target the O line. You know, they're going to maybe even go defense. They clearly were looking to improve the run game, which is kind of what we focused on as well, right? In the mock draft that we did, uh, that's the kind of the way that it fell for us, and and that was obviously the plan here, right? They were going to take the running back in the first round. Then they go on and take the kind of the old school tight end in the Heath Miller vein, and then they go, you know, offensive line from there. But um, Rich, go on, wax lyrical. Well, you know, I it's funny because I, I I mentioned before the show I have a history corner that we'll do probably in a few weeks, and and it, it, it Gavin, you touched on something exactly that I'm going to cover in it, and it is a gamble, you know, but I think it was one that the Steelers, I think they had to had to make it. Because there, there was no guarantee that one of those top three were going to be there by the time they picked 55. And, and, and after the top three, there's some good backs, but there's no one there that I think could, could definitely come in and make a difference on your football team. They might. Carter might. You know, Ramonde Stevenson, some of those guys, they might. But I think, you know, those top three, I think they, they really look like, to me, like they're going to make a, a, an impact right away. And if they don't get one of those top three, say they wait, they, they take Tevin Jenkins or somebody with the first pick, and then second round comes around, those guys are gone. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you missed an opportunity. So I get it. I get the argument against it. Um, but I think it's worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, they could have traded back. I mean, they might not have got Najee, but they could have traded back, you know, to someone that wanted Najee and gone, I don't know, hot back five picks. Got another draft pick and then got Javante. They could have done that. That you know, if they'd have done that, then I'd I'd be completely over the moon. But you know, I just think they were they were they were so clearly in love with Najee. Forget forget Javante Williams and Etienne and, and whatever else. They wanted Najee Harris, right? That, it just seems so clear. I I think it doesn't matter who was on the board there. If if he was there, that's who they were taking, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, and with good reason. I mean, he's clearly the best back and exciting exciting back. Um, yeah. yeah, Dave. Sorry, go. Uh, um, I feel like it's sort of a that sort of situation where you try to break up with the girl that you're not quite that into. You, I'm, I'm, I love it, but I'm not in love with it. I wasn't totally in love with taking her back in the first in the first round. I had my heart set on Tevin Jenkins, and it was sort of a, I, I can't I can't deny it, I was a bit upset at first. Hmm. Uh, I can't believe Mike Tomlin was ignoring all those letters I sent him made out of uh, caught up newspapers, but. Um, yeah, I, I I get it. I I get why they did it, and they clear. Like you said they're clearly in love with him, and I think he, he's gonna be impact. He's gonna be an impactful guy in the backfield, but it's whether it's whether the the line's gonna be enough, and they've, they've clearly sort of um, set their flag in the ground. Is that the right saying? You can right say one? that. Um, with how things look with the tackles and 
and the line in general that they're they're running with uh, with Chucks and and Zach Banner and what have you. Um, so yeah, they're, they're clearly happy with the, with the line as it is, but it, it remains to be seen how much it's going to improve now that Banner's back in back in, and I, I question the impact that Chucks has has on it as well. So not to be a, I don't want to be a downer on it. You know, I, I I do really like Harris and what have you. It's just um, the concern is still there of how you know how how much impact can he have behind an O line that is you know well pretty bad as is as has been seen last season. You know, well it's got, it's not just pretty bad. It's gonna it's got worse. Yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. much worse. I mean, you know, we'll get on to the green pick in a bit, but. What, who's behind these dudes? Who's behind Banner? Who Banner and Chuck's are question marks. Who's behind them? Jerron Jones, Brandon Walton, Rashad Coward, Joe Haig. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're going to have a competition in camp. Maybe one of those guys will. You know, they've they've done it before. Beecham and you know various other people over over the years. But when the, when the second when the, the the great tackle run of 2021 happened in the second round, and I was sat there. Thinking this this is this is concerning, and then and then yeah, they don't get one. I mean, yeah, sure, they got Dan Moore. He, you know, he's a he's a de- developmental guy. You know, they obviously like the traits. Whatever, we'll get back back onto him at a later date. But the fact that they didn't get one of these top tier tackles in a in a class that was so deep in tackles, you know, one that could start that that had me depressed. Well, it's interesting yeah. the way the board fell, right? I mean, it's really strange, actually, because me and Rich were sat there, right, Rich? And, and I was, like, champion, champion at the bit. I was like, oh, my God, Tevin Jenkins and JOK were on the board right there. Um, now, we know now that, strangely, both of those guys kind of fell to pretty late in the second round. JOK, it turns out, they thought had a heart issue. That, that all kind of played into it. He goes to the Browns, sucks for us. Uh, and, and Tevin Jenkins, I'm not quite sure what his deal was, but he seemed to fall into the, the latter part of the second round as well. But then you got other guys. You got Eichenberg, who I think went at the top of the second round. You know, um, Cosme, a guy like Leatherwood actually went really early, which surprised us all, right? But um, so I don't know. There's, there was a lot of other ways you could have gone with that pick, and I've kind of gone through with each of these picks, or, or at least the top three, and, and kind of looked at some of the other guys that that were in and, in and around that range that maybe we could have targeted just to see what we think. But um, I think that first pick, we, we've we've said a lot on it. I think our opinions are all clear on it, and I want to I want to stress now now that the draft is done. I love Najee, you know, I always did, and I think that's been lost as the discussion has gone on. Um, I think he's a great player, I think he, I'm sure he's going to be a great pick, you know, I mean, he's going to be better than some of these busts that we've had uh, in previous years, right, so you can't be too, too upset, but but the thinking and the entire plan is so anti-analytical, and that's not to say that it's wrong, you know, the Steelers could be absolutely correct in this, but... You look at some of the more analytically minded people in the industry and, you know, the talking heads, they hate the Steelers draft. And you look at some other people and, and they love it. So it, it totally depends on where you're going. The, the, the Steelers seem to zag when other teams zig, right? And this is just another another way of that. But, but gladly, we're not the Raiders. Let's just put it that way. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I love Harris. I'm, I'm the same as you. I feel I, I completely echo your your statements there, but maybe, maybe we should move on. You know, yeah, let's, let's, we, let's... We, we talked about this for months. Yeah, we have. So it happened. We knew it was going to happen. Although I must say, when when I, when Darosaur was falling, I did start to wonder yeah. if he was going to be the guy. And then obviously the Vikings took him just before. But, yeah, um... Darosaur would have been. Pri- I wonder if they would have taken Darosaur if if they were both there at twenty four. That's an interesting question. Yeah. But yeah, we'll never know. Um, okay, second round, pick number fifty five. We take Penn State tight end Pat Fryermuth and it feels like this was just a jab directly at me 
who tweeted 30 minutes before this pick, please don't screw this pick up by taking baby Gronk. <laughs> look, look pretty poor. Uh, and then about five minutes before it, I tweeted, it looks like Creed Humphrey is your new centre. So, um, yeah, kind of aimed towards me, but I'm interested to hear what everyone thinks of this pick because I think more... I can't remember what what you thought, Rich, but I think mostly we were kind of against taking tight end this early. But the more I've kind of thought on it, the more I'm like, okay, you know what? If Pat Fryermuth turns out to to be this kind of old-school tight end and can, can help in the run game and can take us back to a bit of smash-mouth football, then, then maybe it's uh, maybe it's the way to go. Well, Dave, Pat, Pat was your uh, red star, wasn't it, he? Yeah, and it, it was quite early on in the sort of whole process. When, and we've, we've, well, we've talked about it on previous shows and things. It sort of, um, your red star probably sort of changes as time goes on and mm. sort of news unravels and needs change, you know. So I probably wouldn't have put Fryermuth up as high up in the need as he was drafted. But um, at first, it was like seeing Jenkins on the board still, I thought, oh, here we go. You know, some, and still a lot of good tackle on the board. Here we go. Let's let's get a, a, a high end, a higher end tackle. No, we've got a tight end, and your head starts going. What? What's what? What are they doing? But at the same time, like Sai said, it, it's 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 sort of um, setting up the line to help with the run game. And he's you know he, he's not um, by a long stretch not the best blocker in in the in the draft group in, in terms of tight ends. But he was. He is, he's very good. He's very, you know, he's a physical, um, dominant sort of tight end, and he offers a lot in in pass catching and and uh, and what have you, moving the chains over the middle and what have you. But um, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I'm still a bit unsure about whether it was the the you know second round need at tight end. But they've clearly got an aim in mind of we need to improve the run game. But they're happy with the tackle situation somehow. Um, so tight end was the way from the move, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's, we we thought we'd kind of nailed our colours to the mask that we thought they were going to go blocking tight end in the later rounds. Like, uh, I think Luke yeah. Farrell went in the fifth round, didn't he? I mean, that that's that you know that was higher than what I thought he was going to go. But you know, that was what I was kind of thinking the Steelers were going to do. No, they've they've gone for a more complete tight end, and maybe this is you know if this guy develops and he can be you know he can replace Ebron as the number one. But I, I do think immediately he will he will help out and he'll come in and he'll like you said in this sort of short underneath pass game where he comes can sit down in zones and just be an open an open receiver for Ben with his you know with his quick quick release. I think I think that'll work and maybe that's something that meshes with uh, with the new offense as well. So I, I, again. I, you know, I like I like the player. I just was surprised by the pick. I just thought this isn't this isn't the plan. This isn't the strategy. Why 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 do this? But um, the more you know, the more I think about it, the more I can see. Yeah, I can see the fit. You know. Yeah. Rich, were you were you in on the the Fryermuth pick as much as the Najee pick? Or? Uh, no, I, I think I would have gone with Creed Humphrey there. Mm-hmm. But I I don't hate the pick at all, and I think that you know the ghost of Heath Miller I think roams the halls of uh, of the Steeler offices, and I, I think they I think they really miss having that type of tight end on on the field. If you studied their run run blocking last year, tight end blocking was pretty much non-existent, and that wasn't only Ebron; that was McDonald too. They they just were lousy. I don't know if there's any ranking for blocking tight ends in the NFL, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were at the bottom of the list. So I think that played into it. And he's considered the best all-around tight end in the draft. 
You know, so I think they felt like it was just too, they just couldn't pass it up. And it is going to help the run game. So I understand it from that aspect. And he can catch the ball. He's got great hands. You know, he's got better hands than Ebron. He doesn't have his athleticism, but he has better hands than Ebron. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I get it. And I I don't hate the pick. And, you know, a few years down the road, you know, when we we fail to re-sign Ebron, he's the number one guy, we might be happy that they made this pick. Yeah. Pitch, you'll be you'll be impressed to know that PFF you can uh, rank tight ends by run blocking grade, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that the Steelers tight ends are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm, hang on, no, I'm looking at the top fifty. Oh gosh. Yeah, they're not in the top fifty of run blocking tight ends. So let's move to page two. <laughs> How many pages is that? Oh, there's two pages. <laughs> uh, hang on. Here we are. And no, it's not updating. Sorry, my internet is a bit slow. Bump in there, Dave. Do a bit of comedy set while we wait for uh, for Gavin. No, to right. uh, oh, there he is. Ebron. Yeah, he's right down the bottom. So he's he's about. Oh, actually, Vance is above him. Yeah, I don't want to guess how many, how far that is down. It's a long way down. So yes, you're right. You're completely right. So they they obviously wanted to upgrade upgrade the uh, the tight end run blocking and, and and you know he he brings something in the pass game. So I can see I can see the selection makes sense. It's, it's just you, sorry, Dave. Go. Are you still concerned about the? There's some character concerns I know from you, Sai, with regards to Fryermuth. Are they are they still there? It was me, I think. It was well, me. I was going to say, was what, was my, what was yeah. that? <laughs> I, I, I just, on tape, I, I saw some body language. Well, not, not character concerns, body language concerns. I, I, I thought I saw some shrugging and some pointing and, you know, the kind of, that was you, not me kind of thing. And, you know, shrugging at teammates and um, frustration at the quarterback. I, I thought I saw that on tape. But, you know, let's uh, give him a clean bit of health and see see if he uh, <laughs> oh, how he turns God. up. He's got a real shrugging problem, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet Gavin's one of these guys that hated Baker Mayfield coming out. Yeah, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Look, it, it's 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 a weird one because again, with, same with the Najee pick, right? This is just now at this point flying in the face of what any kind of analytical thinking would tell you to do, right? I mean, by taking a running back and a tight end in the first two rounds, regardless of who they are, outside of maybe like a Cal Pitts style of talent. You're guaranteeing you're going to get a bad draft grade from your PFFs and, and these kind of places, right? But the Steelers don't care. But it's about whether you buy into that, I suppose. And uh, you know, maybe time yeah. will tell. But I think there's, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you, you, but the counter argument is you, you, everyone says don't draft for need, right? Mm-hmm. So you go into this, and I'm, and I'm kind of counteracting myself here because I'm thinking, but they need a center, they need a tackle, and they need some cornerbacks. And we haven't drafted any of those I mean, positions. But, so. Yeah, but we are drafting for need. We're just not drafting for need at valuable positions. Like, we need a tight end. We need a running back. We just Those are low-value positions, you know? And now, we're, instead, we're drafting... Uh, we're not drafting high-value positions that we also need, like cornerback and tackle. So, yeah, well, they didn't draft cornerback at all. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. So just a couple guys. I mean, Rich already mentioned one. It seemed like Creed Humphrey was the popular pick, and I did think that was going to happen. I mean, the Steelers tend to throw you off a little bit, especially when you, once you get out of that first round, you know, the, drafting all kinds of guys you don't expect. But uh, it, I really felt Creed Humphrey was coming to be our centre there when he was on the board. Um, didn't happen. A couple other guys on there. I mean, my pick, you know who it would have been. I would have ran the card up and taken Nick Bolton. 
Uh, <laughs> Gav would have hated that. Um, mm. But a couple of guys that were there, Brady Christensen went a couple of picks later, Jalen Mayfield, uh, yeah. Joseph Asai, my boy was still on the board at that point, Aaron Robinson, your guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a few names Saint to Juiced. consider. St. Juiced, your guy was Saint there. St. Juiced, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I, you take a selection of those names, I might have been uh, maybe a little bit more willing to uh, celebrate any of those names, I think. But, hey, listen, I, I'm happy now we've got him. You know, I don't want this to sound too negative. I was doing this on Twitter because it felt like I was coming across too negative. Um, very happy with the players we've got. Just uh, question the positional value, but here we go. Um, in the round three, number 87 overall, we take Kendrick Green, uh, guard slash centre out of Illinois. Um, what do you think of this this pick? I don't think we even spoke about Green on the uh, the one we did because he was kind of viewed more as a guard, right? Yeah, although he did play centre as well in college. Yeah, um, and it was it was kind of annoying because we, yeah we didn't we didn't get to him and you know that's just the way it goes. It's the Steelers. Um, yep. Just yeah, but we, we should have done because he's a good player and I like the pick. Um, and uh, I've gone back to the tape, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm into this guy. I, I think he's a great pick, and I think he's you know he's a little bit undersized. Uh, but have you seen the forty time? Four point eight five forty. And this guy is a seriously athletic dude. That gets out to the second level, and he's got like an angry, angry finishing kind of mentality. So we said they needed to get nasty up front, and this he brings some nasty. And you know they obviously. You know they like they liked Pouncey's mobility when they drafted him, and this is kind of following on in that mold. You know, Creed Humphrey would have been more of a kind of traditional, you know, wall type center. You know, you know, bring some experience and some sound fundamentals. While Kendrick Green's more of a kind of athletic, um, you know, mover, explosive out of his stance, um, and he's got a good anchor. So I, I, I'm I'm on board with this pick, and and um, as time's gone by, this pick has kind of saved the thing. But it's it's interesting what when when you look at the three picks as a totality and what they could have had, but we'll get, we'll get back to it. You got, you guys like this pick. Mm, I loved it. I, this is probably my favorite out, out of the bunch at the moment. I'm, I'm pretty high on, uh, on green. Like you say, he's, he's athletic and he's, he's got a fantastic anchor. He's explosive out of his stance. He's a, he's a bully as well. You know, like there's certain times we pick there when he's finishing plays, you just see him like, I think there's one where he, it's sort of the, the ball's nowhere near him. The play's nowhere near him. But there's a guy coming alongside him who could potentially make a play or, or get involved, and he just lays a shoulder into them just to make sure they just make sure they can't. And it's it's that sort of um, that mean streak, a bit of a bully that I, I, I kind of I kind of like about him. He's probably the kind of guy that flushed my head down a toilet in school, to be honest. But um, <laughs> gone down the bog wash route. Yeah, but um, you know he, he's definitely a guy who's going to impact the run game. You know, he's, he's you see him turning guys and creating lanes and being physically dominant. And for a guy that's so tall, it's it, I'm really impressed how he sort of he keeps really low. He doesn't you never never really see him getting bent backwards and pushed backwards. He's always he's getting he's low, explosive, and you know, really good technique. You know. Well, that's that's the uh, thing that he's like. It's so strange because, and I'm really excited to see how it works out because I agree. I'm watching him and I, and I love I love what he puts on tape, but he's. I think Gav maybe undersold it. He's like going to be one of the smallest centers in the NFL. I mean, six mm. two sounds tall to us because we're, we're all small, mm. with the exception okay. of maybe. Rich. How tall are you, Gav? I never asked that question. Six one. How tall are you, Dave? Six. Oh my God, Rich! I imagine you're six foot twelve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six foot three. 
Oh dear me, I'm five foot nine. How embarrassing it's going to be when we all meet up. Um, hey, we, we, we try and, uh, you, you, you're the guy, we'd all try and grab you and you just squeeze out through a little <laughs> hole. <laughs> I'm the Tutu Atwell of the situation. Yeah. Um, you're so, the Maurice Jones Jew. Yeah, yeah bowling, I'm making the bowling ball team. Um, well, this guy might make the bowling ball team. I mean, he's such a kind of a squatty frame, but he's also, like you say, hyper-athletic. I mean, we talk about these percentiles. In all the kind of raw athletic drills, the, you know, the 10-yard split, the 40-yard dash, the, the, the broad jump and the vert, he's like top, top percentile. There's nobody better than him. And it's uh, it's a weird kind of guy. You want to, so It's a bit of an experiment, I think. But Yeah, yeah. You put him into mock draftable and the guy that comes up is Rashawn Slater, you know? Mm. So that's, that's, some, that's some decent comps, you know? in terms of uh, ex- measurable, explosive measurables. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get on to some, some bits around this pick in a minute, but Rich, w- what do you think of uh, Green? I, I love it. I didn't know much about him when they drafted him, but I've been watching tape on him and, and investigating him a little bit since. He's a lo- he reminds me of Pouncey. You know, he's really, really athletic. Um, not quite as big, but mean. You know, and that's, I mean, we, that we talked about that, you know, a lot during the offseason that this offensive line just lost its edge you know like that edge that the buccaneer offensive line had when when kansas city tried to mess with them in the super bowl you know like they did the buffalo and they can't and the buccaneers offensive line was nope no way you know and it was it was really nice to see you know and, and that's i think the steelers they need a dose of that you know and now they have at least two guys on the line that are pretty gnarly you know it's i think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this guy develop and I think it's possible that he's an immediate upgrade to Pouncey. Now, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything ridiculous. Like, you know, he he's be- he's better than Pouncey in his prime, but Pouncey the last two years really declined sharply. Like I don't know if you guys remember, but the year before I started talking about it, you know, and I just saw a big decline in his play, and he just kind of just dropped off for some reason. You know, you just sometimes as a professional, you reach that age and you just you lose a little too much, and they're all all these guys are so talented that it really shows up, you know. So he might even be an upgrade immediately. I don't know, but it's possible, you know. So I, I thought it was, you know, looking at it now, and I think I think it's a really good pick. I was I'm really happy with it. I hate to be what have you done for me lately, but uh, if he can snap the ball well, then he would be he would help uh, eradicate immediate memories of uh, yeah some of Pouncey's uh, negatives there with his poor snaps. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Let's, let's wait and see. I mean, the guy, I mean, I know you said he played center and guard. I mean, he played guard and he played like 200 snaps of center in his last year, which you know apparently he played well. I didn't watch all his snaps, but. Uh, it's not experience in the position, so no, time he's not. Tell. But he, he looked he looked comfortable snapping the ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A, a couple of interesting things I want to talk around this pick. First of all, do you think that he starts a season for us over Finney, or do you think this is a <sighs> this is a big question? I, he's kind of he's kind of borderline, isn't it? I, I mean, I hope that he, by the end of the season he's starting, but I don't know. That the thing is, he he lacks experience, he lacks refinement. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he is going to win out in camp. What do you guys think? I don't know. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, be, I, I think Finney probably starts the season out and then maybe we see how it goes. But yeah. I think they'll want to get him on the field. They'll want to work yeah. him in. But I don't, I don't think, you know, start of the, start of the year, I don't think he's going to be there. Um, now, it's interesting. Now, this is a question I wanted to pose to all of you. Let me know what you think. Trey Sermon went one pick later, right? Now, I know a lot of you like Trey Sermon. And I, I think that kind of raises an interesting argument for, like, a radically different draft strategy, right? If we'd have, if we'd have gone... 
uh, tackle in the first round, right? Or, or even if you wanted to get nutso about it, if you'd have taken Landon Dickinson in the first round, right? Is that a, a different kind of draft where you take Trey Sermon in the, th- in the third round there with that pick that Kendrick Green turned out to be? How, how would you feel about that, maybe? Well, yeah, you know, you know that I would have, I would have gone Jenkins, Creed, Sermon. That, you know, that that was that was my, my that was my ideal draft, and and it was on the board. So they went a different way, and you know, the Steelers know way more about this than me. So you know, I, I will doff my cap to them. But you know, that that it disappoints me that 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 could have happened and it didn't. But that that's the draft, isn't it? You know, yeah. like you, you have your favorite players, they and they go somewhere else. Yeah. You guys like Sermon? You all like Sermon, right? I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, definitely liked him. I'd have been, I'd been like Gav said, I'd been happy with that. That'd have been an ideal sort of situation, but mm. obviously, Steelers know better. It's just, it's just strange because that would also have been. That's not like the radically different draft strategy that I was campaigning for. That would have been also all about the run game, but just kind of maybe weighted a little bit more in value. So yeah. uh, the other interesting part is Quinn Miners goes about nine picks later, and as the pick was coming up. Uh, as you can imagine, I was sat there waiting for Quinn Miners' name to be uh, shouted on. I think I knew deep down it wasn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> the Steelers aren't the guy to draft a name that you expect. But he goes to Denver, right, I think. And obviously Denver get all the plaudits for drafting Quinn Miners, which the Steelers probably aren't going to get. But uh, I don't know, the more, the more I've thought about it after, for all the reasons we've discussed, uh, I think I kind of like the way that we went. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that um, Kazora was saying he tweeted out that every single one of the every single one of the Steelers draft picks played last year. Yes, that seemed like a really key thing. So that was that was a, it seems like if you didn't play in 2020, you were off the board. Yeah. So that that meant Miners was off the board. Which is he didn't play. It's just strange to me. I mean, well, that's you know you can't. That was their strategy, you know. I guess. Who knows? It's, it, it is a gamble, I suppose. If these guys, you know, who knows what they've done? You can't. There's, you want to keep them rolling. You, you know, a year off football. Maybe that's to them. It means it's going to be six months or, or whatever to get them back in, or they've 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 got out of shape or whatever. But or, surely or it's if, a hard evaluation. You know, they've only got one year of tape or whatever. Sorry, Dave, what are you going to say? No, surely if you if you're going in for the draft, you're not just sat on your ass playing FIFA. You know, you're, you're doing something, you're keeping yourself in shape, you're doing drills, you're doing, you know, you're not just, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like you're going to be completely out of shape. It's yeah, but it's also the evaluation process in that you've got less tape. You know, there's guys that are getting drafted up high that have only really played one year and that's not enough. You know, you Mm. could have a lucky year. They haven't had a down year. You know, maybe they want to, see over two or three years of play and that, that year out stops you from, from having that more kind of overview of, of, of their play. Yeah, maybe, maybe that is part of the whole process for them. Maybe it's something that's not really been seen before. That's um, Yeah, that they, they have that sort of criteria involved. I mean, they did. I think Colbert in the press conference pre-draft even said it, right, that they were more keen on... I can't remember his exact wording, but he kind of said that, that they were more keen on guys who played in 2020. I think what it was, he said that if there was two guys on the board of equal value, they would always take the guy who'd taken it, who was... Uh, sorry, who played in 2020, so... Yeah. I wonder if there's any other teams that did that. I've not looked into it. Who only no, took I don't the know. Because yeah. Yeah, it does feel like a Steelersy thing to do. You know, to kind of think that maybe it's a little bit more um, attitude, maybe, even, than, than other teams. Well, it's not not necessarily just attitude because some like the. I think you that know, plays into it. I but don't... There's certain certain conferences didn't play at all, so the players couldn't that's play. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, let's let's move on. Let's let, let, are we all right to go into the uh, the last day of the the draft? 
So where were you after this this at this point live? Like you know what? Where are we here? We we're on uh, Friday night, right? Friday night's yeah. finished. Yep. Yeah. I think I, you know I was down. I and I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm giving this grade. This is like, I'm at a C. I think I said to you guys, I'm at a C here. Yeah. You know, you know, the running back in the first round. I'm not on board. I, I like Harris. You know, as we said, don't like the strategy. Can't believe they went with the tight end. And yeah, the the the, the, the you know they got Green. That's okay, but he's not. You know, is he going to contribute straight away? What, what's happening with the cornerbacks? You know. So I was down. So I need I needed picking up. Where were you? Yeah, I, I think I was in pretty much the same space you were, Gav. I, I, at that stage, I didn't know a great deal about Green either, so that wasn't even picking me up the way that it is a bit now, and I was so down on taking the tight end in the second round at that point as well. I, I think now I've just kind of mellowed a bit. I've just got on board. I'm like, okay, this is the plan. Let's just ride it out. I'm looking forward to seeing Najee on the field, I think probably more than any first-round pick we've taken. So that you know that's exciting for me now, so I'm kind of high on that. But yeah, in terms of a trajectory for the draft, I, I, I wasn't keen on where we were at that stage. Yeah, and, and at this point we're thinking, okay, Chucks is our, our starting left tackle. What does that mean for the franchise? Yeah, that's another. Where, where, where were you, Rich? You were you were whistling your way down to the shops, were you? I was so ecstatic about nausea. I didn't care about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, after researching, you know, the other picks, because I'd seen a little bit of of the tight end, but after researching it more, I was fine with it. I, I was a little concerned because when you when you put that tight end into the equation, now something's going to suffer, right? Because we just have so many draft picks. And what ended up suffering was cornerback. And it's that, you know, that's the that's my big concern for this season. I, I think if we still had Nelson, I would feel really good about this team possibly contending for a Super Bowl, you know. Um, but now I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, look, Joe Hayden gets injured, now what do we do? Like, it, it's... It's a little concerning for me, but as far as those first three picks, I, you know, I thought it, I, th- I was fine with them. I, I was, I was pretty happy. What about you, Dave? Where were you? I, I was quite happy. Um, I mean, you can't not be happy about uh, having Harris and Freymuth, despite the fact that you know Harris wasn't, you know, a running back wasn't my priority in, in the first round, and tight end was a bit of a head scratcher. You've got two guys there that are. Very talented, and and I think they're going to have an instant impact on on the offense. So you can't not be happy. I didn't know I didn't know a whole lot about Green. I don't. I can't remember if, if we even watched him when we did the position groups. I don't. I've, uh, I can't remember if I did. I don't think I did, to be honest. Um, and since uh, since looking into him, I've 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 felt I felt pretty good and and quite high on him, as I said earlier. So um, so yeah, I, I felt pretty good. Okay. So. As we move on to the the last day of the draft, we still had kind of the majority of our picks to go. Um, this is where it kind of felt like it was a little bit open, right? As it always is, we, you can go in any direction here. So, uh, at ra- in round four, with pick one two eight, we take Dan Moore, offensive tackle out of Texas A and M. This is another guy I don't think we got to on our tackle class, but that was probably to do with the idea of uh, there were so many tackles at the top; it was kind of difficult to get too deep in this class. Lance Erline had him as like a sixth round projection. Obviously, goes in the fourth round, so. I don't blame us too much for not getting there, but um, like, like you said earlier, I think, Gav, this is a guy who is uh, ideal body size, right? Kind of, uh, what's the, ter- the the first guy of the bus guy, right? The the body perfect guy. Um, yeah, great great length, great yeah, yeah. great size. But uh, maybe needs a bit of development. Have you, have you had a chance to watch a bit of him? Not loads. I'm going to dive deep when we when we come back next week. But um, from what I've seen, he's 
he's quite athletic, quite quite explosive tackle, you know. So that's uh, that's good. Um, seems seems uh, seems more uh, suited to a sort of zone scheme kind of uh, system, and 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 with the green pick as well, it yeah. makes me wonder: Are we going to see a bit more zone blocking come in with Matt Canada? Maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, the Steelers do do it, but they don't do it loads. So maybe maybe this is you know maybe this signals a change. Maybe they 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 uh, you know they they gone right okay we can get this guy we're pretty sure we can get this guy later. You know this is the first pick of day three they come back with with this pick so maybe this is someone they've they've picked out and gone right well this is this is our guy let's we're moving to this kind of offense it's not going to be straight away you know it'll be next year or whatever um, so uh, you know maybe they got something they got a plan so maybe you know that's that's what I think. Um, I don't know if any any of you guys any of uh, Rich Dave did you uh, get a chance to check out? Obviously these picks we should say next week we're going to have. Or I'm hoping I don't think Mike's replied to me yet, but we're hoping Michael uh, come on and tell us his thoughts on some of these guys, and we can maybe go a little bit deeper on what this means for the team, especially in these day three guys. But um, has anyone got any thoughts on Dan Moore at this time before we move on? I like I like his impact on the run game. I, I think he's he's a high effort sort of intense sort of um, run blocker I, I, I like that about him but there's there's development to be had with him I think there's I've not watched a whole lot of tape don't get me wrong but um, he's sort of um, sort of uh, pass blocking and you know pass it, it just sort of feels a bit a bit weak a bit lacklustre like if that same intensity was there in in the in the passing game I'd be I'd be pretty high on Dan Moore but it's it's just a bit sort of bit of a weak anchor and getting moved about a little bit for a guy his size. It just felt a bit. But then again, I say I've not really took a deep dive on on the tape. But um, I, I love the impacts in the run game he has. I think it'd be great. Yeah, this this might be our chance to see whether we can develop tackles without. Um, uh, uh, the hell? Munchak. Names escape me. Munchak, thank you. Uh, which I've been talking about for ages, right? Uh, just a couple of guys, because um, weirdly this pick and our next pick was pretty close together, right? But but just a couple of guys that went in between those picks, just for out of interest. Robert Rochelle, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. I know there was some interest in, and when we did our mock draft, there was uh, Richard Weaver, the defensive end out of Pittsburgh, and then my boy Trey Brown, the, cor- the slot corner. Yeah, I mean, I mean, by this point, I was like, if they didn't, if they didn't take a tackle here, then I was like going to turn the draft <laughs> off and you know get into a different sport. I think I was going to start watching golf or something. I don't know. I was like, oh. this, 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 what can he do? What do, you, what do you think about more, Rich? You had a chance to check him out. Or? Yeah, I think he has potential. I like that he he already comes from a zone run blocking scheme, so that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see what he's going to do in camp. You know, it seems like he's got some ability and. You know, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I, I thought it was a, you know, I thought it was a pretty good pick. I mean, he, I think he was rated number 12th tackle overall in the draft. And, and you know, in the fourth round, they get the 12th tackle in the draft. Just shows you how deep this class was of tackles. So if it wasn't so deep, you know, he's probably not there. So, yeah, I was okay with the pick. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people say that in, in other years, he could have gone in the second round. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean... You know, it certainly seems like he was pushed down because of the depth. So hopefully, hopefully, he is a, a good you know prospect in terms of development. Uh, a couple of picks later, at one forty, we take Buddy Johnson, the linebacker out of Texas A and M. So we we double dip at A and M. I really like this pick. I didn't know a lot about him when uh, when the name got called. I went and looked a little bit fun, kind of. Um, 
maybe maybe like below that top end kind of linebacker who's going to bring a lot of the intangibles that I like, but maybe without the the highest end athletic traits. But I, I think he could fill in. He's going to have a very interesting time in camp playing that um, Spillane role, and we'll see how that all plays out. But I, I was quite a fan of this pick. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it will make an impact on special teams Definitely. straight away. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as 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 I enjoyed Mike saying over and over again on the linebacker episode, he's got a bit of tomp. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 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 and he's a good tackler. I like his tackling. He, he hits. Is, yeah. He hits hard. Um, but he can he, he can move a bit as well. I think you know I've seen him make a couple of plays. I haven't gone too 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 deep into the tape, but I've seen him make a few plays in coverage. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just jury's out on the pick for me. Um, but yeah, he, look, he looks. I like, I like the look of him after after checking him out. Yeah, because I, I I hadn't watched him going in either. Yeah, I just see a lot of potential in what I'm seeing of him. Again, not hopefully we'll, we'll see a little bit more by next week. But yeah, I, I like what I saw. Um, any any of you two watch watch him? Yeah, I did. And then, Rich. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I liked I liked him a lot. He's you know a little undersized, but man, he flies all over the field. He's got a great motor. You know, good tackler. Um, I don't think pass coverage is his strength, um, but I haven't watched a ton on him. But I, I like to pick a lot. I mean, it, this is you know we're we're in pretty good shape at inside linebacker now. We're pretty deep, you know. And like Gab says, you know, he's probably going to be a real great special teams player if he's if he plays special teams anything like he you know tracks down the ball like he should he should do really well. Yeah, Dave. Hey, he's, he's definitely got the tump. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I, I, he's um, he seems to get a lot of knocks for sort of coverage ability, but yeah, I don't know. There's there's times that he I've I've limited tape that I've seen that he, he does sort of make a make the play now and then, but um, but yeah, it remains to be seen. I, I think he's he's definitely going to be fitting into that sort of Vance mold of affecting the run game. So uh, yeah, I feel, I feel quite good about Buddy, Buddy Johnson. Another Bud, another Buddy. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can maybe you can take over season two of uh, Bud brings a Buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea actually. Yeah, like get, get the on the line now. He's your new Bud the stud. Potentially, potentially. Let's see. Yeah. I agree with what you said though, Rich. Like that linebacking call looks so much better than it did a few weeks ago. We got Vince Williams back, obviously Spillane there, and now Bud. Yeah, you feel a lot more confident if someone goes down. Yeah, how many are they going to carry? I mean, suddenly we've got a sort of uh, plethora of inside linebackers. Yeah, well, we, we'll see those four. And then, and then we'll see. Marcus Allen as well, probably. And then that might mm-hmm. be it. Well, you've um, got UG3, don't forget. Oh, how, could I, how could I forget? Um, <laughs> in round five. Now, round five, an interesting one. We didn't have a fifth round pick. Um, we then, all of a sudden, it pops up that the Steelers have traded into the fifth round. Uh, and giving up a fourth rounder next year, which was something that you heard that most teams did not want to do at all because they kind of felt that you know the, the tape was limited and the, the you know the context was limited for a lot of these players once you get down into this round with no tape in 2020 for a lot of them. And Steelers said, no, we don't care. We're going to use this uh, fourth round pick next year and trade into the fifth round this year to take Isaiah Loudermilk, one of the best names in the draft, defensive end out of Wisconsin. I think I think he's going to play de- defensive tackle for us, right? Um. Again, this was surprising. I mean, this was a guy I thought that was being pegged as like a a borderline to be drafted kind of guy. So the Steelers must have absolutely loved him, right? Are you sure that he's? I thought he was going to be like the the defensive end. I mean, I hadn't watched him when we did our D line class, but 
I, I did end up watching him later. And I, I, I really liked him, but I, I thought he was going to go in the seventh round or something like that. Yeah. That's where he was going in the uh, in the mock draft machines, which you know, aren't always accurate. Um, but I, I, I really like the look of this guy as, you know, because with the, remember last year I, I, I picked out, um, you know, Raekwon Davis and, and you know, the, those guys as being, the, the, there's just a certain size of, 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 uh, of three, four ends that the Steelers like. And this guy fits that mold perfectly. So, I just think this guy was, yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy that can play, and um, they just must like the tape. And it's Wisconsin, you know. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's a school that, you know, TJ Watt probably knows all about him. Um, I just, I think there's potential here, but I just the, the, the trade up is 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 surprising. But maybe, maybe there was nobody else to play this position left at the, at the measurables, and they just thought, right, let's go and get our guy. But to give up a fourth round pick next year when there's so many more prospects it's a deeper draft class you know if maybe there's there might be a d end in the fourth round next year that you want uh, it's strange but yeah there must be they must be they must like this guy above above where they got him even yeah now i i i not say i hate this pick i don't like i don't like it i don't I, maybe i'm being affected by the fact that they traded up to get him and it feels to me like they're drafting a guy purely on his measurables. I mean, he's six seven, got amazing length. I mean, it's there's not many guys that are over or around six seven in this draft. It's in terms of his natural size for the position, it's great. But I, I, the, the the tape I've watched, I don't particularly like. It sort of struggles with leverage and and what have you. It's just sort of it's a big project to to take on. And it, it, to trade up for a guy who's a project, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, 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 the one caveat to that is I think that the Steelers know what they want for that for that position, right? So obviously you've got Cam into it, right? But you, they love that length and that kind of power at, at, at that position. And, and you, you look at the roster now, you've got, uh, I've got it here, you've got, you know, Alu Alu at 6'3", Wormley 6'5", Abdullah Anderson 6'4", Demarcus Christmas 6'3", Calvin Taylor Jr. at 6'9". Okay, so he's one. Henry Mondo, 6'5". Carlos Davis, 6'2". Isaiah Bugs, 6'3". And then Isaiah Loudermilk at the above 6'5". Uh, Mark, he's at 6'7", right? And then you've got two at 6'6". And uh, Hayward at 6'5". So anyone above 6'5", that, that is kind of slightly lean, um, fits that mould. So I think he, you know, it, it, there's just not that many players that are that shape. So I think, you know, it, 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 that position that you're, you're asked to do less than what, what Loudermilk was being asked to do at Wisconsin, but, you, you know, it's a very important role. So I, I just think they, they wanted someone in that could, you know, de- they can develop and can compete for that position. They just don't have the people on the roster at that size at the moment. So I, I think it's, it's that. I think that's what it was. Mm. No, I, I still don't like it. You've not convinced me. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought when the trade happened, I was convinced it was for... Well, at first I thought it was uh, going to be Garrett Wallow, and then I thought, oh, no, 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 they've just taken a linebacker. Calm down. So then I was thinking, oh, it's going to be... Who could it be? And then I started thinking, that's oh, going to be Teron Jackson. Um, but no. Steals another right. thought it might be... Who do you think it was going to be, Rich? I thought it might have been Sean Wade, and they throw him in the slot, and you know, they're, they're yeah, I would have loved that. Yeah, 
You know, I, I was disappointed with the pick. They must, you know, of course, they know something I don't, obviously. They have, and, and I think I think you're absolutely right, Gavin, the way you described probably their thought process, because it seems that they, it just seems to me that the Steelers more often than not get it wrong when they draft on potential. Hmm. And that's a hard thing to do, you know, because there's a lot of super athletes out there that, if they'd go through a workout, you'd think, man, why aren't you playing in NFL? Well, they don't have the other things, you know. And and so it, it just seems like they get themselves in trouble, and they, they do it more often, thankfully. They do it in the later rounds, more often in the early rounds, except Artie Burns. Uh, that was one that, you know. But w- w- when they look for potential like that, it's just, man, it's so hard to, to get that right. You know, I, I would have much I'd, – I'd feel so much better about this draft if they would have uh, gone with Wade or some corner there. At that position, I, 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 when they traded up, I thought for sure, oh, they're going to grab their corner now. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I. I my my job, I think this guy. I think we 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 could be pleasantly surprised with this guy. I think that I think the draft stock's too high, but I think I think he's got potential given the size and the position. I think I think we could look back on this and go, oh, you know what, that wasn't so such a bad choice. He's kind of the spitting image of Cam Hayward as well. You see the picture of him. Yeah, he is a bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it feels like overconfidence in yourself, right? I mean, you see a guy that you like, you don't know. Maybe they knew that other someone else liked him. I don't know, but you know, you you kind of overvaluing him based on his consensus position in the draft, and you've decided that you have to have him because you don't have a pick for another fifty odd picks, and and you decide to start training away next year's loot to uh, to go and get it. I mean, if if you've got a fifth round pick and this is the guy you want to spend it on, fine, sure. I mean. I think it was fair. I think I think it was fair. Yeah. Not 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 uh not overconfidence. I think it was they were worried that there was nobody else that they could take to come in and and you know play behind to it and Hayward. I mean that's this side and they must obviously not like Calvin Taylor for it. Hmm. I think I think they 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 saw that last year. We we saw the constant rotation with you know Bugs was coming out and they didn't he was canned and then Mondu came out the end that he was canned. And, and you know, they, they, like Davis and uh, Wormley didn't play well there, and they just didn't really have anyone that they kind of felt like they were developing for DN so well. Yeah. So I think I think this guy is 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 the great hope. We're going to see some savage cuts in that rotation. There's <laughs> going to be some guys out the door. Um, okay, round six, uh, number two one six overall. Um, Quincy Roche, offensive line. Uh, sorry, offensive line, outside linebacker out of Miami. Um, this felt like a great value pick. We we actually spoke about um, Roche, I think, in the linebacker uh, episode that we did. Um, now I, I didn't love him, but that was on the basis that he was going to be a like day two guy, falling all the way to the sixth round. He's got a lot of traits and, and production, especially that I'm quite like there as a value pick in the sixth round. Absolutely, there's there's, there's two things that really buoyed me, um, and this was one of them. Uh, when we got this guy, I was this really cheered me up because we you know we desperately need an edge. And this guy's got some moves, and he's he's got that the, you know the the squat the, the speed and the squat that bendy edge pass rusher. Yeah, I, I was I'm all about this pick. This is yeah my this is my favorite pick of the draft, given the value. I just wonder why he fell so far. I wonder if people were just watching Jalen Phillips and just paid no attention to him. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think he can come straight in and, and act as the the next guy up to uh, give some rest for especially for Highsmith, right, in his first full season as a starter and. Rotate in and out of that that rotation a little bit. Yeah, I mean he's he's a little bit sketchy. He, he, I remember in my notes I've got worse than average against the run. 
So mm-hmm. you know he he's not he's not an every downs guy, but but as a situational pass rusher and yeah. as a you know spell that you know this I think you know he can develop him and bulk him out a bit and you know get get his get his hand fighting a bit better and uh, just uh, you know I like him yeah I like, I like the pick I think he's great. Was Roche guy? Was was Roche the guy who said it was a bit of a one-trick pony? I I said he was a little bit. Yeah, he's got got that kind of powerful uh, club move that he just relies on over and over. Yeah, there's a, there's a bit of that. He has, he's he's got um a few tools on his belt. He's got um he's got you know he he has sort of counter moves and things. He can spin now and then. Not not that he uses it a lot, but he does. You do see him do it. Um, but like when you watch the tape, he's always on the right you don't ever see him doing anything on the left he's just it feels like he's he's found where he's comfortable but it like it's whether that's what he can do does that make sense that, that that's that's his um that's where he's most comfortable but if you move him out of that he starts to struggle maybe i i, I don't know that it was a a concern when watching the the tape i remember um back when we were doing that that position group, but um, but no, I, I I really like the pick. It's um, it's nice to see a a guy who's you know who's ad, agile, nice quick feet, impacts a run game and things. Um, and, and he's he, he's a he hustles. You know, he's he's always after the football. He's 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 not one of these guys that oh my my move didn't work or whatever, so I'm just going to stand here and let the play go. He's he's he's, he's pursuing and and getting after the football. I, you know that high effort I like about him. Yeah, no, I, I like the pick, Quince Roche. Yeah, Rich, any thoughts? Yeah, you. I mean, you guys have said it all. Best best value pick in the draft for the Steelers. You know, great values. So, yeah, I like it. Okay, um, I, I'm going to just let Dave introduce this next one. I shoot, and I hope that he knows what I'm talking about. What, uh, Trey Norwood. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the the Swiss Army knife. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> not a Swiss Army man. Um, I, I I had him pegged as a as a cornerback, but apparently he's a safety. Yeah, I I, yeah, I, just, well. I just thought Tomlin was giving you a special nod there. It's obvious he listens to the show now, so appreciated that. Oh, he does. Um, I'm I'm pleased, and my mail has been received by him. It seems, but he's he's a he's, he's a ball hawk, right? He's yeah. he's getting after it, and that's in in a in a defense full of ball hawks. He's he's gonna, yeah. Hopefully, he'll he'll thrive. But he. I, He's sort of um, I don't know what are they going to do with him. Is is he going to fill that sort of um, oh god that sort of slot that sort of slot corner gadget nickel sort of thing going on? Is is he going to I don't know are they going to let him run free? I I, I don't know what what are they going to do with him. Maybe dime package. Yeah, mm. I know. it's tough. He, yeah, when we drafted him, I assumed that this was going to be the guy they were they were pegging for the slot, but. I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, he, he seems versatile. So, I mean, I suppose that introduction says all you needed to hear, right? The kind of confident he can play in multiple positions, and that's probably what earns him a spot on the roster. But yeah, as 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 me and Mike were saying, I think there's a you know there's a very good chance he's Gerard Holloman 2.0 and is off the roster by by uh, day one of the season. But let's hope not. Let's hope Oof. he's um, you know he, he's uh, he he turns out to be the ball hawking combo guy that. You know he's been drafted to be. Come on, Gavin. It's okay. the start of May. Every draft pick makes a roster at the start of May. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Let's see. I, I know that still City Forty Three was really hard on him, right? He was his guy, so um, he must be over the moon. Um, chest out, you know, whistling the song down the street when he when this guy was drafted. 
Um, let's let's see, let's see. Um, uh, the, the jury's out. It's yeah, seven round pick. It's a flyer. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, we we did in our mock say that we we're going to pick two trays. We ended up picking one. Just neither of the ones we picked. Mm. So we're almost there. We're getting closer. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Limber up. The the big one <laughs> in more ways than one. Um, I mean, we called it. Pick two fifty four overall. They take a punter. I mean, this this just felt like. Um, oh, I, I don't even know. Like it had to like be. This? Right? Like, Hang on. Did it feel like this? Do you wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, "Man, I wish I was an NFL punter." Punters are people too. We've got a punter. Let me tell you something, people. Punters are people too, and I want to see some punting footage. Give me some punting XO. <laughs> punters are people too god damn it and we're the only team that took a punter in this draft oh love it you've got to love it number one rated punter in this draft oh man i tell you what listen listen we didn't get the um we didn't get the youtube sensation out of ohio state you know we didn't get the watermelon versus elastic band guy but hey i'm fine because we just got this absolute fucking tank out of georgia tech <laughs> Oh boy, I, I don't think I realised this guy's body shape until we drafted him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Oh lord, he coming. Um, I have never seen a punter look like this before. I mean, we saw Rodrigo Blankenship last year, the kicker, right, come out with the glasses, look like he just took like a maths final. This guy looks like he's just like left Burger King, and not in a bad way. Like, beautiful. Beautiful. You know what, you know what really uh, surprised me about this guy? Because I had never seen him before. Uh I was watching him punt, and I, I watched the extension on his leg, and it's about, like, ah, halfway up towards, you know, like something Ray Guy used to have, you know, which isn't very much. I'm like, okay, he's obviously placing the ball. You know, that's why that's why it's not much extension. Then I saw him boom at, like, a 55-yarder. It's the same extension. <laughs> How the heck does he kick the ball so far? It's he's like, got oh the power. God. He's got yeah, the power. He, he can throw the ball, too. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, – I, I even tweeted out kind of jokingly, although – According to Twitter, I'm not allowed to make jokes anymore because it's unclear when when I am and I'm not making jokes. But um, I said maybe this is the uh, the heir to Ben after all. Sneakily taken in the seventh round. I, oh, I just love it, dude. Let's get this guy in on some fakes. I'm going over under one touchdown pass in the 2021 NFL season for Presley Harvin. Um, oh, I'm just so happy, man. It is what it is, right? I, I wanted to take a punter just because I wanted that competition there for Barry. I'm going to be... It's going to be a sad day if uh, if if Barry wins this punting competition in camp. Let me tell you that when when the next episode is after that. But um, oh God, let's just hope he makes the roster, dude. This is going to be exciting. As Rich says, he is more of a, a booming punter. I was kind of angling for a um, more of a uh, an, an accurate punter. But what's the word I'm looking for? And, uh, situational. Place, situational. No, direct, direct, directional, directional. Directional. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Um, he is kind of more of a, a, a boomer. But um, listen, I'm willing to give anyone a chance who isn't John Berry right now. So, do you remember uh, it, it, one thing I thought was? Do you remember when we were kind of doing the punting corner properly mm, mm. and talking about the differences between a booming punter and a situational punter? And and do you have the kind of punter that you think where you're going to be punting from? So if you think you're going to be punting from around midway, you get a, a directional punter. But if you think you're going to be pegged back. 
you get a boomer and does this indicate that they've realized that oh actually we need to you know we need to flip the field a bit more from back deep is that is it an admission of where they think they are as an offense i don't I know i love that as like a conspiracy theory. you're playing 3d chess at this point i love it well it's a it's a thought it's a thought i had about why maybe they need a bit more leg mm. you, you know you, you mentioned the pass and it was a nice pass man have you, have you all seen that that's that's a, a nice um trick play yeah. deep pass i liked it i liked it on the on the the highlight reel that's that's uh, the first that's like the first play on the highlight reel right but, Are we um, going to see a uh, a, a Harvey uh, Harvey to um, Louder Milk touchdown? Is that going to be the connection? <laughs> what are the, what are the odds you can get on that this year? Ooh, that, that'd be some good odds. But like, um, like I, I want to present a situation. Imagine next next draft we pick up Manny Higuera, the uh, the jumbo size kicker, and we have the world's first jumbo special teams bowling oh. ball special teams. That is like mine and your dream come true. <laughs> that would be amazing. I'd love that. <laughs> oh, man. I could not believe it. This is £263 and he got drafted at punter. And, and then, I mean, it made it all the better when I obviously I immediately went to investigate him and found his Twitter profile and he'd like two days earlier made a video of him just like balling out in some like sports car in the middle of a field. I was like, oh, this, this dude gets it. This is... Uh, this is the second coming of Market King, but he looks like he's enjoying himself. Do you, think, do, you think, do you think there's a chance he could be our first player interview? Do you think we could get him on? That's a, that's that, that's an aspir- I like it. That's that's an aspiration. Yeah. That's hashtag goals. I have, that's, I have that's tried it in the background previously, although it's not worked out. But we'll get into that another time. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's 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 aim for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe I edit out the bit where I said that he came out of Burger King. Uh, yeah, and I'll get his <laughs> name right next time. <laughs> But I'm saying that in a good way. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of, of uh, the fast food, you know? Brother from different mother. Yeah, love it. So, I mean, he's obviously everyone's favourite player right now. Let's hope he makes the team because there's going to be some upset people in Pittsburgh if he doesn't. Um, okay, I want to move on to the UDFAs a little bit. Just ask if anyone's got any takes on these. I know the big one I was talking about is um, Shakur Brown out of Michigan State. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, that, that, that's the second thing I was talking about. Okay, I was saying the one ahead. thing is, uh, is Quincy Roche, Shakur Brown is is the second. But go ahead, Rich. Sounds like you're keen too. Oh, I don't know if you remember last show. I I brought him up. You know, he was on the board at one point when we were drafting, and I bought brought him up, and I said he. Rem- I watched his tape, and I loved him. He reminded me of Hilton, Mike Hilton, except he was better in pass coverage. I cannot believe he wasn't drafted. I mean, it just blew my mind. I thought for sure he'd be ah, around fifth round, somewhere around there. He would he would probably go. Uh, and and from what I heard, they they got on the phone like immediately and signed him. So they must have been watching him the whole time and just hoping that he drops, you know, and doesn't get drafted. But I like the guy a lot. I think this guy's going to make our football team. I know that's crazy saying about an undrafted, saying that about an undrafted free agent, but I I think he will. I think he's going to make the team. I don't think it's crazy at all. I think I think um, the Steelers have learned that they can't draft cornerbacks, and their best bet is to to not draft them after Hilton and and Pierre. You know, I think. I, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I really like this guy. I complete. I'm surprised. Why do you think he didn't go draft? Do you think he's he, the size and the speed? I mean, he ran a really slow forty. Um, That's a problem. Yeah, so you know, the, I guess that takes people off board. But we've seen we've seen before that the 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 the, the NFL overvalues speed at the cornerback position and, and under under evaluates instincts and and aggressiveness. And and this guy's got um he's got great vision, 
really aggressive, and he's got he's got great against the run as well. He's just he he really is a Steelers style cornerback. He's a little bit undersized, you know, but I think for the slot, perfect. Yeah, and, and you know Hilton was undrafted, and this guy's coming. He's undrafted, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you, man. This 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 really poked me up. You know, I I, it's, I I do love that. You know, the draft ends, and you kind of th- these you know coach loads of players are moving all about the place. I do love it, and and this it's not it's not been so great recently for the Steelers. It's not been that many good UDFAs, but this one's exciting. It's like wow, wow, they got that guy, amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm all about this pick or pick up, as it were. And we yeah. have with a $25,000 signing bonus, which is unheard of for the Steelers, right? right? For a UDFA. So, yeah, I think there's a good chance he beats Seymour. It's going to be pretty crazy, though, with uh, two undrafted, uh, or one undrafted rookie, and then one guy who's like in, in his second year undrafted on the team. Assuming yeah, they both made it. The guy that slipped under the radar a little bit is Trevor Williams, right? Who's who's come in as a, a sort of futures contract guy but he's he, actually i didn't realize how much he played in the year he had, he had a good a good year for the chargers when was it 2018 2017 i think it was um so maybe maybe they like what they've what they've got there as well he was he was injured in 2019 didn't play but um yeah 2017 he was i've just looked up looked him up yeah um he was actually pff's 19th corner out of 120 that year so um you know maybe he's a sleeper on that maybe he's you know an ace up their sleeve that we've all kind of ignored so maybe that's why they were kind of kind of thinking oh we don't it's not it's not as big a need as you as you guys think and, and nelson's still out there that's the other thing i mean nelson's not signed with anyone right it just felt that the way that and i know a few people have said this and you mentioned you know who would you rather sign him or, or ali and it just feels like that ended in a kind of a weird way right didn't feel like nelson was super happy about it uh, yeah. I, I don't know i struggled to see not that they wouldn't want it to happen but i just struggled to see him wanting to come back maybe uh, maybe i'm wrong uh, it felt strange yeah and then and then the flips the, the flip side of my positivity is yeah nelson's gone and then they, they didn't extend uh edmonds i mean they've just blown up this you know for the first time in as long as i can remember the steelers have had since since ike since that team um you know the steelers have had a decent secondary and it's just been blown up yeah. Well, you know what's happened to it, and now we're back to you know unknowns and you know, it's, yeah, it's question marks. It, it's it is concerning. Yeah, certainly the the line and the cornerbacks are going to be so important to watch next year and see if there's any growth or if we just see massive deterioration. But time will tell. Uh, anything else to say on any of these undrafted guys? I don't know if there's a great deal of interest. Only that Rico Bussy. And I already don't like him just because of his name. He he sound he sounds like a guy who wears a t shirt that says Breast Inspector on it. You know, just that that kind of guy. And the guy that calls everyone bra. That kind of guy. And I don't like it. I I've not seen any tape on him to be fair. So I Wait, can't. Rico Rico Boozy from Hawaii. I mean you couldn't get any more. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 when I heard his name, I had a picture in my head of what it looked like, and he fit it perfectly. And he is that guy that wears, unironically wears that T-shirt, and I, I hated him instantly. But, you know, I, <laughs> you know, maybe he's the guy who makes the squad that I uh, I suddenly like. But Maybe uh, he's the guy we get on the podcast first. <laughs> maybe don't play like in it. this. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Well, Poor Rico. I'm rooting for Rico, man. Come yeah. on, you know it's, it's the guy's his guy's dreams are on the line here. 
Yeah. Get behind these guys. Yeah, I'm getting behind Rico. Rico's going to make it. I am disappointed though that um, we didn't get. Not that we, not that there's any reason we would do, but um, Josh Imota Bebe, who wasn't who wasn't drafted, shockingly. Oh, the, some of the some of the UDFA's. Yeah, I felt mean, we'll weird this season. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I got more invested this year than ever before, so there was more names out there, you know, that I was interested in. Maybe that's purely all it is, but just did really feel like there was a lot of guys out there where I was like, how is this guy not get drafted? I mean, the big one for me, I think we'll talk about it more next week because maybe we can do a little bit more sort of broad draft takes as well with, with Mike next week. But uh, I think we should go into it now. Go on. Uh, okay, but I just wanted to mention Adarius Washington. I, what is going on? What did this man do? I kept tweeting it all through day three. I was like, why has nobody taken Adarius Washington yet? Every time we had a pick. I don't care about his size. size. Play him in slot well, corner. Well, obviously the NFL does. Well, the NFL needs to get over it. He's five he foot eight. He wasn't a slot corner. He was a safety. He That's could the thing. Play that, slot this is what corner. we. This is what we talked about on the safety show. He he's a he's a a, a, a safety, a deep safety instincts player. Oh, this is but just... with the size of a slot, a slot corner. He he didn't fit anywhere. This is crap. It's not crap. That's, the guys, that's what it was. He, he, the guy played like a free safety, but was the size of a slot corner. So where do you what do you do with that? The guy is five foot eight, right? And he has like second round traits, and you're telling me that that the one inch all of a sudden is, is so much that we're just going. You tell it like, okay, but then you just you just get like your you get your T Higgins or your your, your Chase Claypool or whoever oh. your, your, your 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 tall guy, right? Oh, oh, Adarius is back there. Okay, tall guy, just just run up, and and the quarterback's going to throw it just six you're, inches you're higher like, than you normally You're acting would. like there's no tall guys in college, like. <laughs> <laughs> these tall guys but played in guy, college too that guy's gonna get burned that's why you can't defend the deep pass that's why he doesn't need to defend the deep pass because he's gonna play slot corner but it's fine you know we'll see what happens there when he signed anyway did sign in Baltimore did he I'm sure he, he did, did. Oh. he did the Ravens, this, this uh, is gonna come back to haunt you Gav for what yeah. you've said <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we'll see. Claypool, you'll get, we'll be mossing him. We'll, we'll watch, <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that. The, the Ravens also got Tony Poldron, Dave. You know that? That's uh, really upsetting. Yeah. yeah. Um, who else we got? Uh, uh, Justin Hilliard. Remember you were campaigning yeah. for him on the. Uh, I was shocked at that as well, yeah. 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 I and, think he's going to be a good. I think he should make a team. He's a good no. player. Is it me? There other notable uh, UDFA wide receiver Austin Watkins. It seems like they've always got a guy called Austin Watkins on on their on their wide receiver core, haven't they? Like, there's always this guy that's like called something like that. Anyway, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's the weirdest uh, take I've heard all day. I don't know. It seems to me though. Yeah, you know, really boring. Anyway, uh, Jamie Newman went undrafted to the Eagles. You were right. That. Yeah, I'm not saying I was right. Paris Ford. Undrafted to the Rams. Oh, we knew that. I, I was going to ask you where he went. Actually, I didn't see it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, David Moore, my guy, my sleeper guy, went undrafted to the Panthers. Yeah, that would that could have been a backup centre. Um, who else here? Uh, Kay Johnson was a surprise. I think you know Kay Johnson went to the Seahawks after they drafted um, Eskridge in the second round or whatever it was. Kay Johnson could end up being the better receiver there. I know we're doing our uh, 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 dynasty draft. Maybe I shouldn't be saying that at the moment. But um, uh, who else here? Uh, Marvin Wilson was it to the Browns? Oh, um, Marvin Wilson. Yeah, I wanted to mention that. That seems like a crazy one. That feels to me like th- there must have been something going on. I don't understand how he goes undrafted. Yeah, I mean, he was like being talked about as a first round prospect a couple of years ago, and, and the guy goes undrafted. Poor dude. Um, the same for Dylan Moses. Went to uh, Jacksonville. I mean, that that injury just. Ended his ended his hopes. 
But um, yeah, so you mentioned Josh Imatabibi going undrafted to to Jacksonville. Well, three of my favourite uh, sleeper receivers went undrafted: Marlon Williams, who we took in our mock draft, and also Demon Hazelton. Um, both those guys went to the Texans to show them they haven't got a viable quarterback there or one that's not um, embroiled in some kind of savage scandal. Uh, Buscelli, uh, the Chiefs guys, you you loved him. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about that? Well, that's fine. You know, just let him sit there, meticulate under Mahomes, and he can take over in a couple of years. Fair enough. <laughs> Trey, Trey Ragas to the Raiders. Uh, yeah, okay, I can see that. Big body, you know, the lack of speed was the, was the knock on him. But apart from that, the big bruising back. Shame, shame, the Steelers didn't pick him up. Uh, Matt Bushman as well to the Raiders. Back I like Bushman. Yeah, I like him. It's your guy. Uh, yeah, that's it really for the sort of really notable ones. So Mary and Terry went to the Seahawks. Did we mention him? Yeah, we did, yeah. Oh, Kenny Yaboa. Kenny Yaboa, surprised he went undrafted. Yeah. yeah. I was just reading, uh, Adarius Washington had a really poor pro day as well. Apparently he ran a slow time. Maybe yeah. that maybe that played into it as well. Anyway, Felipe Franks, didn't you like him? Or did you not like him? Uh, I was, yeah, not, not that high. Not that high Sage Surratt? That, oh, that, yes, that is shocking. We're just getting into like that's what, that's what I'm saying, though, right? There's so many guys who you know it felt like there was a lot of upside with. I love Sage Surratt's ability. I mean, I understand the limitations. Another guy you're going to argue is small, maybe, but and slow, very slow. Slow. It was the slowness, I think. Yeah. But that dude's and, uh, technical. He can win other ways. I think. Well, since we, we've, we've, we're kind of talking about our guys here, as we go into the uh, the red stars, so yeah. Uh, who who had a red star un, un, undrafted? Um, you had two, sorry, you had okay. Buscelli and oh no, sorry, no no, you had two sleepers undrafted. You had oh, Buscelli okay. and uh, and Bushman, and your lowest drafted red star was. Oh, hang on, I've not done this very well at all. Did I get away with Washington? Uh, was he not my red star? No, I've only done. Sorry, I should have said I'm, I'm saving defense for next week. Oh, so we'll sorry. Talk, yeah. We'll talk Red Stars offense this week. Your lowest drafted Red Star player were uh, Amon Ra and uh, Michael Carter, who both went in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Amon so, Ra, yeah. great. I think he's a good pick in the fourth round for the Lions. Yeah, he could be decent. So, so we're, I've got quite a few UDFAs here. <laughs> oh, and just before uh, you move on, shout out to uh, Raw with the Lions that the podcast uh, they were doing a live stream all through the three days, and I went on and talked to them about. Uh, oh, did you? How did it go? Yeah, really good. Yeah, nice guys over there. They they had like someone on from every, like I think well they, at least they tried, and there was a lot of them. Every team in the NFL to come on throughout the three days and spend sort of ten fifteen minutes talking about their teams and the draft, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. So, what was your slot? When were you on? I was on in day three, pretty early, like six. It was just after the Steelers. Uh, First pick of day three. All right, so about a guy you had nothing to say, so that was that one. It wasn't. It wasn't about our, our pick necessarily. It was just you know about the Steelers season and you know where we're going. And, and t- I talked a bit about the Lions picks as well because I like what they did. They got Liam McNeil and Levi and Wuzurike and. Uh, oh yeah, you're big on their guys, yeah. Yeah, and Sewell obviously, which I thought was a great pick. There. That was that was something I wanted. Who, who whose draft did you really like? Other teams. Well, can we can we give, come back to this next week? I think that's something I want to evaluate a bit deeper. Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, my undrafted red my sleepers guy. I guess they're all sleepers undrafted. Is uh, Ragasia I mentioned uh, Peyton Ramsey went to Carolina. Yeah, Imata BB and then uh, David Moore. But my lowest red star. Ooh, uh, yeah, round round three. I yeah, Sermon is my lowest red star. Oh, and Amari Rogers. But people are saying that was a reach. 
So yeah, and then Hunter Long in the red. Yeah, so that was okay. That was okay. All my red stars went top three rounds. Dave, you had Poljan go undrafted, and oh, uh, Josh Johnson couldn't find out what happened to him. I'm not sure. Has he, he signed on with the, anyone? He's uh, with the Seahawks. Is, is he, he with the Seattle? Yeah. Last, last I saw, anyway, whether that that source is wrong, I I, I did read that he, he was now with uh, with the Seahawks. Okay, good for you. And then your lowest drafted red star, yeah, uh, would be Michael Carter, round four. And then Rich, your you had Shane Bochelli go undrafted, and yeah, you did really well because your Tevin Jenkins was your lowest red star in the second round. And then, yeah, and then Mike only made two receiver picks of Moore and Darden, and they both went high. So I think I think we did okay in terms of red stars. I think all of our players. I mean, again, though, I don't know that the red star was the aim was ever to pick the guys that got drafted highest. Like, <laughs> no, but I, I think it showed. You know, most of our red stars went in the top three rounds, so I think that makes sense. The, the real the real proof in the pudding comes when our Darius Washington is the best uh, safety in the NFL at five foot eight, and then we all praise my football dodge. Okay, well, I look forward to that day. <laughs> But he's playing for the uh, for the Ravens, right? I just want to whip around and do a quick, uh, you know, this would be a nice time to have like a higher budget for this podcast. We could do like what the around the NFL do, right, and play the uh, what's that? What's that uh, thing they they play called the um, five o'clock delight, and just limit ourselves to a minute for each news story. That'd be nice, but we don't have that. And instead, I'm wasting time explaining it. So um, I want to whip around the other news that we missed as a result of being away for two weeks and stuff that happened. That's not necessarily purely draft related, but it feels like a lot went on. So let's just jump in. Mason Rudolph gets signed to a contract extension to the dismay of many. Um, five mil extension with the potential to earn four million more if he sees time. Um, obviously not a move that many are going to celebrate, but probably necessary given our lack of uh, an heir to Ben. Uh, any thoughts on Mason getting an extra year on his contract? What else are you going to do? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Big, uh, big quarterback class next year. So, you know, if Ben, if ben does hang it up... Um, not such a bad idea to draft a quarterback and then have Mason there, you know, for a bit of uh, continuity and, you know, safe pair of hands, knows the room, knows the offense. So I, I, I totally understand why why a team would do that. So, yeah. Yeah, just felt, felt like an easy thing for three people to throw the slippers out on Twitter. Um, now, the big one, you mentioned it, I think. Steelers declined Terrell Edmonds' fifth-year option. Um, would have been worth $6.7 million fully guaranteed. So this means he'll probably be a free agent after this year. Um, Colbert said this was all down to the salary cap and that they've been impressed with his performance having his strongest year last year. Um, for me, the translation there is he isn't worth $6 million a year, right? He's uh, That would have put him in the 18th top paid safety in the league if they had guaranteed that option. So I, I, I think they could offer him an extension. I, I, I actually think Colbert's telling the truth in, in, this, in that sense. I think they, they like Edmonds. I just think that they have evaluated it and he's, he's not worth that salary. So, you know, it depends kind of what Edmonds thinks about not getting that fifth-year option and whether he kind of takes that personally like some players do, I suppose. Um, what do you think? Do you think we, we will offer him an, an extension in the end, though? I think they'll try and work it out, yeah. As I was saying, you know, the secondary's been decimated. You know, he's he's been a, a average or above-average slightly last last year player, and you know, I, think, I think the safety position's fairly cheap, and, yeah, he's not probably not worth worth the money um for that for that one year so it's, it's a good business decision you know you, you can probably pick up a decent free agent for a bit less yeah meanwhile uh, they do pick up minka's fifth year option obviously 
Mm. Well, he's a different he's a different class. That's yeah. a different. That's a given. Pay that man whatever he wants. Um, the, the big one that happened just before the draft, and I thought maybe would play into the way we draft, but didn't seem to. Justin Lane got arrested uh, before the draft at a traffic stop on an illegal firearms charge at three a.m. Never a good sign. Uh, he's taken a plea deal now, so no longer a felony charge. Um, obviously, after being drafted in the third round in 2018, Lane now faces a difficult challenge in proving to the Steelers brass that he should keep his roster spot in camp with Justin Pierre and, and Trey Norwood now being drafted, obviously, and pushing the way onto the roster, maybe. But we are thin at cornerback, so I don't know. Do you think any any further action comes of this? I think maybe if, the, if it was going to come, it would have happened, but can't imagine that the Steelers are going to be overjoyed with him. No, I, you know, I think that some of the complaints were on the sort of mental side of of the game with him rather than the physical, and this this is another poor choice that he's made off the field. I think I think he gets another shot if he's if he can play if he's not you know locked up or whatever. But yeah, I think he's on a short leash. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I want to see more out of Lane. Feels like it's tantalising how little we've really got to see of him, but. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't lit the world on fire with what he has seen, what we have seen. So I don't know. Time will tell. Um, okay, I want people's takes on this because this has kind of blown up on Twitter the last couple of days. And to be honest, I don't know if this is going to be an unpopular take, but it's annoying me. So let me get into it. So Villanueva, Ala Villanueva, Big Al signs with the Ravens, two years, fourteen mil uh, contract, eight million guaranteed. Now he then does an interview um, shortly after signing. Um, and it's had Steelers fans, it's whipped them into a frenzy a little bit. Now, I'm going to just read this quote verbatim, right? The, the, and it, it's kind of a long one, but I think it's it's worth reading. So he sits down, I think it was like a Baltimore podcast or a live stream or something, and he basically says, For us with an offensive line in Pittsburgh last year, it was incredibly challenging that we knew that we had to go into these game plans that involved passing the ball potentially the entire game. The mentality when you have a balanced offense or when you run the ball, it's obviously better for the offensive line. I'm assuming it's not as fun for the wide receivers because they're not getting all the catches, they're making the TikToks, and they're having fun on social media. But for the offensive linemen, it's definitely an awesome experience. Now, I mean, first of all, Villanueva's got a point. We didn't have a balanced offense last year. But what everyone's taking issue is, obviously, with this TikTok reference, this TikTok line, kind of mm. taking this as being a real dig at the Steelers and the Steelers receivers. And, and obviously, people are very touchy about using the word TikTok in Pittsburgh at the minute. Um but, but I mean, I just feel like everyone was very quick to jump on, on Al Villanueva for this. And I don't know if this is something to do with like him signing with the Ravens and so people have just already got a stick up the backside about it. But I watched it. And I've got to be honest, I, I did not read it as a a real shot. I mean, maybe like a little playful thing, like a playful dig, but it did not feel like he was genuinely upset. I mean, people have been posting videos as if to like point out that, that he's in TikToks dancing with Juju and stuff. And it's like... Yeah, I mean, I just think that he's having fun with it. Like this, this feels like people just being a, a little bit. I don't like using this word. A little bit snowflakey. <laughs> it's, it's a little a bit. Shot, if it's a shot, it's it's purely to play up to the Baltimore crowd. You know, Baltimore fans. He's he's just been signed by him. He's got to ingratiate himself a little bit. He's got to you know be seen to be on their on their team. You know, on their side. He, he can't be. He can't be too. Um, what's the word? I don't know. He, he, yeah, I, I, people are just getting all in. The knickers in a big old twist about it. I, I don't think there's too much to read into it. At best, it's it's like you know a wrestler move. You know, it's like that kind of sports entertainment kind yeah. of you know play to the cameras. The At heel. worst, it's it's more little Al than Big Al, and he's rolling <laughs> a grenade behind him into the room. He's just leaving. <laughs> um, 
has two fingers up, you know. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I sit. I do. I do think the choice of, of saying that is he knows he's he's fanning the flames of Mark Madden and and, and that crowd. Do, do we need that? I mean, like, thanks, pal. You know, we you you were you know going to be in the league for a second at defensive end, and and the Steelers salvaged you and and got you this you know money deal. Is that how you want to repay him? Uh, right, but then he also goes on to say, if you watch, this is what I'm saying, I know you haven't watched it, so I'm not coming at you, but I just mean, like, people are, are on Twitter, you know, just reading this quote and they're getting all upset. Like, the, like, the next thing he says is, um, Pittsburgh has always been a class act organisation, and they let me know that I was not coming back to the team very shortly after the season. I mean, I mean, he's clearly, like, the, what I'm saying is the whole, like, vibe of the interview, he was not coming at Pittsburgh at all, which seems to be the way people want to sell it. And and people like Zach Banner and, and Marcus Gilbert and other offensive linemen on Twitter have come out and, like in support and been like, if you know him, then you know that is not the way that this comment it should be taken. But I don't know. people are just getting upset. What do you think, Rich? You know, I I was surprised. Uh, you know, I I just always looked at Villanueva because of his military background and other things that I've heard about him. I, I just always looked at him as more of a man of honor. And and not that this is really dishonorable, but it's it's Bush League. Like, no respect for anybody who leaves a team and then talks any type of smack about that team for any reason after they're gone, especially, like you said, Gav, you know, this is a team that salvaged this guy's career and gave him a new position to try out, and he, he you know, he, he flourished in it. And, you know, if they don't do that, who knows what happens to the guy, you know. So, you know, it wasn't a big, big deal, but I just was surprised. I just expect I expect more from Villanueva. I, I, I held him in higher regard than this, you know. It was pretty cheap, you know, so. Did you watch the interview, though, Rick? It didn't feel to me, like I say, it didn't feel like he even really meant it as a jab, like. But why even say anything about the team you just left unless you're saying, hey, Steelers, thank you so much for the opportunity. I don't know if I'd be in the NFL right now without you. I mean, really, why, like, why does it have to be? Uh, well, I mean, he's on, a, he's, on a, you know, he's on a podcast or whatever. He's being asked questions about the year before. He's, he's kind of given his thoughts on, you know, the, the kind of scheme that they were running. So I just think maybe it's easy for people to, like, clip out this paragraph of a sentence that he said and, and remove the word TikTok and then just get really upset about it. I, I don't know. It just felt it felt a bit harsh. Like people are just dragging him through the mud a little bit. And to me, do you know what it feels like to me a little bit? There, you know, there's a lot of controversy with him, obviously with the national anthem stuff a couple of years ago, and then um, wasn't there like a lot of Ferrari about like the the back of the helmet stuff that he kind of went his own way with that? Um, it feels like a bit of hold on for that. I think people have had it in for Villanueva a little bit. Some elements of the fan base. No, he made it easier for them to feel that way. That, you know, I think yeah. that's certain case well he's not on the team anymore so we'll leave it there but uh, yeah i don't know i just just get upset about something else you know i (laughs) I just wasn't that bothered about it when i when i saw it um yes we have bigger problems to worry about yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) what do you think about him signing with the ravens though weird fit not sure not sure i see how it it works for him i mean he's he's a pass protector and they have a qb that doesn't need pass protection so, all right. Yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. They're they're a running team. They they are the running team. So I just thought that was a little strange. He's not a great run blocker. No, that Jackson's not going to be where where he thinks he's going to be to pass protect him. He's going to be running, you know, 
running next to him. So it's, yeah, it's weird. Um, that's all I had for surrounding news. Is there anything that I've missed? There may well be. Mm, not, no, no, not that I can think of. No other business. I got no. a, I got a couple of games that I just want to update people on. Uh, firstly, that we did the team drafts. Me, you, and Mike Gav. Mike won this narrowly. Although I got to be honest, uh, the voting commission may need to look into some accusations of illegal campaigning from you and Mike. I got, got from me and there. Mike. I, what campaigning have I done? Well, I, I found this very strange. I jumped out to a commanding lead very <laughs> early, and it, and it, and then suddenly, right towards the end. <laughs> Both of you sort of caught up and overtook, and I, I think there was was some some nepotistic kind of. I think I think there was some family voting. Oh, you're pointing uh, the finger back at me now. I don't, I don't know. I'm pointing at anyone that beat me. <laughs> I'm sore sore about this because I, you know, I think I think that the the early lead suggests you know the initial reaction was 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 in my camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't feel bad. The same thing happened to Trump. That's true. <laughs> 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 well this was less controversial at least um, it was narrow at least so I think what we can say is I thought all the teams were uh, were, were pretty close in uh, in quality although my team are you, think... are you going for the participation sorry for the <laughs> argument here right, screw you, you, you my team was, team, so my team was way better aware. my team was way better is that what you want to hear dear me well t- talking to things I did way better on uh, the mock draft predict the pick I've saved us all this year from having to come up with some kind of prize for the winner because I won well done yeah, well done. Um, I was surprised when I checked this because uh, Skybet certainly didn't think I'd won. But uh, yeah, yeah, 12. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well thank done. you. Predict the tick. Predict the tick? That's a different game. Predict the pick. <laughs> yeah, 2021 champion. Predict yeah. the Pick champion. Uh, in second place, Hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that name? <laughs> <laughs> Hippopotamus. And uh, in third place, Aaron Leach. So, and Gav, all the way down there with 810 points. Yeah, didn't do so well. Unfortunate. I'm not even sure. Richard, Dave, did you even enter this? <laughs> I don't think I did. I, I don't remember even seeing it. So. Oh, dear. Shocking, shocking uptake. I've been out the loop. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and that's me. That's all the housekeeping done. We're up to date. Um, I don't know. Uh, Gav, you got anything else before we uh, let Dave take over? No, no. I think I think we should head straight to the kebab corner. You ready? Four large donuts, kid. Everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. Now I've been thinking over the sort of the, the quality of low-end budget toys recently, and. Um, that's where my mind's been going, but um, it's mostly because I, I've been buying like little things for, for my boy. He's really into dinosaurs at the moment. I've been buying things with dinosaurs involved, and then I started thinking about things that I used to want and buy when I was I don't know what age I'd be, but as a kid with my meager pocket money that I'd have, and those toys don't seem to sort of exist anymore, and and probably for good reason because they were absolute tat but it's sort of um it's stuff that hasn't been replaced with something else and maybe i'm wrong but i'm interested to see what you guys had in your in your youths um as sort of those naff toys the dodgy toys that you'd get for a couple of a couple of quid couple of dollars down the local store or whatever 
And the ones that stick out in my, in my mind is those aliens that were in Goop. Not not the oh. Gwyneth Paltrow candle that smells of hoo-hoo. Not, not that Goop. <laughs> the, like, like Goop. Like um, jelly sort of stuff around it. And there was always a myth when I was a kid. That if you got two of them and put them back to back, they would have babies. I tried it. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Don't try it. Dave, how much older are you than me? Because I, um, I just feel like this is like we we like I'm sure we're not of the same like generation necessarily, but like don't we don't we don't we span all all uh, decades in this? So yeah. your twenties, uh, Dave's thirties, I'm forties, and Rich's is fifties. Sorry, but, Rich. But yeah, you're right. Rich is. But Rich, Rich is also thirties. But um, yeah, no. I but realised like... I'd uh, 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 written a, a check my butt couldn't catch. So. <laughs> <laughs> you dump trucked him. Um, yeah, but Dave, it's weird because like th- that exact same like story was spread around our school. Like this, do you know what I mean? Like the exact same rumor yeah. that these you could reproduce these aliens. Yeah, it, it was it was a, a myth, and it, and at the time I believed it to be real, and tried it, and nothing happened. Yeah. And I, I was I was equally disappointed. But and these are things that are still made because I, I I've seen them recently. But the whole grow your own. Whatever it could be, mm. grow your own dinosaur, grow your own Jesus, something like that. Grow and your own weed? No. no, it's something different. That's in your loft with lights and shit. <laughs> but um, you'd you'd get a a little version of whatever it is, and you put it in water, and it from the packaging it goes, you'll get this life size version of whatever it might be, and you put it in water. Two weeks later, it's grown maybe a millimeter, and it's slightly bigger, and all the paints come off it because it's like cheap paint. And it was always disappointing. And I wanted to grow my own something at the time, whatever it was, a Power Ranger or something at the time. And it was just really disappointing. You know? I don't remember those things. Well, what you've reminded me of is those uh, like polystyrene planes you'd get in packets. And the packet was always a really exciting picture of like a Messerschmitt or like a, a Spitfire or, a, you know, a, a, an F-15 or something. And then you get the thing out and it's just utter shit and you put it together <laughs> and you throw it and it just it falls to the earth and breaks immediately into five pieces yeah. and you never get to play with it again. You know the ones I'm talking about? That, it that, had that. like a little propeller on the end that would yeah. barely spin. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's more of a way to pull it down to the ground faster than <laughs> yeah. anything. But yeah, so I remember those. Um, yeah. But I don't remember your, your copulating aliens, sorry. You, you've triggered me a bit there, to be honest, David. The, the, the alien thing is a sore spot for me. Um, yeah. w- when I was a kid, um, it was the height of summer, and I, I used to take my little aliens everywhere in the eggs. And I also had like a. I don't know if you remember this, Dave, but when when we, when I was a kid, McDonald's used to host birthday parties. Yeah. And uh, I had like a birthday party at McDonald's one year, and they used to give the birthday kid a gift, right? And you could, you could like choose out of like whatever gifts they had. And one was this, like, really awesome to me at the time set that was, like, Crayola crayons, but there was, like, 200. It was, like, every colour you can imagine. It was in this little briefcase. It was well cool. Ah, cool. Uh, and it was a hot summer's day, and we got home, um, but I'd left my collection of aliens, all my aliens, and my crayons in the car. Um, oh, no. Worst possible thing. But all of it just melted. Just, when I got back, none of it existed. Balled my eyes out. Still upset to this day. Oh no! Well, that sounds experience. like a fanta- that sounds like a fantastic set of crayons. That does that's, oh, that's, dude, so that's the mother load of crayons. It's funny. I had a revelation only not recently. Week, I mean, not that long ago, weeks ago. I I had a transformer toy, uh, Mirage, right? That I 
mysteriously disappeared and, and my parents always joked it, that it was a mirage but it was always this big mystery of where did mirage go it was like a transformer that turned into a racing car right this is when i was about five or six maybe seven when transformers was a big deal um i i, I had a revelation i was lying in bed thinking a why didn't my dad buy me a replacement one and i started to feel hard done by it. and this was you know we're talking 35 years later or whatever why didn't he buy me one? I, if my daughter lost her favorite toy, I would buy a replacement one. Why didn't he? And then thinking, hang on a minute. Did one of my friends nick it? It's the only explanation. And it's a crime that has gone un, unconsidered all this time. And now I'm, I'm suspecting, you know, these poor kids that, um, well, one of them must have done it. It's the only explanation because we moved house and then the guy never showed up. I remember, I remember when we moved thinking that he was going to turn up. He never did. So, yeah, I saw a point there. So if you're listening, Gene Dennis, and I'm on to you, or <laughs> Gary Burfield. Opening old wounds here, wow. Yeah. Wow. Just a lot of deep-down trauma, I think, associated with, like, children's toys and stuff like that, you know? You just don't want to well, think what, about that stuff. What was, like, your one that, like, you know, on Christmas Day, the one that you really wanted? Like, for, for me, it was Scalectrix, and I never mm. got it. It was It was always the cheap knockoff one that never worked. You know, it it was the Scalectrix, but spelled slightly differently in a in a, in a box that wasn't quite the same. Scale phonics, yeah, that, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the one that you get from from Aldi in the middle aisle, that you know that that kind of one. Um, yeah, I was always, <sighs> always never never got that one. Scalectrix is so frustrating, man. You put your car on, doesn't go anywhere. You have to get it off, clean the little brush things, whatever they were. Oh yeah, there was a trick. You get your two peas out, you run that round the track, try again. <sighs> Oh no, it's stuck now. It just stuck on full speed and flies off at the first corner. That is just annoying. Are you making me feel better now? I never, never got the scale tricks I, I was so it desired. All, wasn't it? It was all cracked up to me. What about you, Rich? Did you, you have any uh, naff toys or amazing ones? No, you know, I, I can't think of anything with that description. When I was a kid, it was all about action figures, comic books, and football cards. And th- and that was my life, you know. Uh, I had I had this thing called when I was young, six seven years old. I loved this toy. It's called Captain Action, and it was like the first real action figure where you could dress him up like uh, Superman or Batman or Captain America, and it was really cool. Like I, I just loved it, you know. And um, you can find it even find it on eBay to this day. I knew I know because I bought like a dozen of them. It's like um, a fully interchangeable. Is it? It's not sort of um, of one thing. It's you can buy whatever you want to make it whatever character you want. Yeah, you got like a, cool. a thing that comes up, goes over his face. You know, like that's like you know a fake face, and it looks just like Superman or just like Batman. And yeah, it's really it's really cool. They were they were cool toys, and that that was like that was everything. That those three things would keep me occupied all day long. Was there like a fourth, like sort of unpopular? Like uh, outfit that you could get that no one wanted. I don't know, like the Bionic Man or something that no one, no one ever yeah. bought. That was way before the Bionic Man, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, maybe uh, Sar- no, I don't know, Sergeant Fury. I don't know how popular that was. He was like this soldier, and then there was a guy, um, an astronaut type character, Flash Gordon. 
Yeah, generic astronaut, yeah. Forget that yeah, guy. I'm not, I don't want that. That's the one that uh, your mom's late getting your Christmas presents, and there's, there's no, no no Batman and Superman left, and you get you open it up on Christmas Day, and it's generic astronaut. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, I'm trying to think back through um, rubbish carrots, and all, all I can think of at the moment is Condiment King, which was just like a <laughs> which was a, a guy who used tomato sauce and and mustard as his as his weapons. <laughs> so. Condiment. It was a DC character, yeah. It was, it was a good one as well. An arm fall off boy as well. He's just his arm would come off and he'd use it as a weapon. Oh man! So, <laughs> we're, we're all different generations of. Because uh, I, I, I was I was Star Wars and He Man. That was my, you know, that was my age. It's, I guess it, so. it's funny. When I was a kid, my parents always used to say that like they would buy me Christmas gifts or whatever. And obviously, I'm an only child as well, which I think plays into it. But I would never like end up playing with the gifts on Christmas Day that they bought me. I would like go back to my usual like tub of toy cars, and like generic ran- like random generic tub of like little action figures. And when I say action figures, I don't mean like the kind of good ones. I mean like just crappy plastic ones you might get from adults or whatever that I just had a massive tub of that I just invent scenarios with. So I was oh, one of those shit. kids. It, 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 like these, like I sound like an old old fart, but it's like. Now it's it's purely, or it's, it, it seems to be purely video games and online stuff. The sort of um, hugely popular toy has disappeared. Mm. You know, the, the sort of the, the toy that goes viral doesn't seem to exist anymore. It's are you, just are you like, telling me the ten-year-old Dave Hart, if offered Optimus Prime or a PlayStation Five, would choose Optimus Prime? Are you telling me that? <laughs> No, I, I entirely get why that is the case. I understand it completely, but it, it's it's sad, is what I'm saying. It's sad that that, you know, the 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 toy that everyone wants is now is gone, and it's been replaced by something that costs five six hundred pound or more. You know, it's 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 sad. I find yeah, it's, sad. It's, it's it's the same thing. Like we don't all watch sit around watching this. Well, we do, but the same TV shows. You know, it's yeah. it's a choice choice these days. It's, it's a really good point because I never thought of it like that. But you're right. What is the major toy these days for kids? And it's like, how is that going to affect their development, you know, into adulthood compared to like kids my age, you know, mm-hmm. who, you know, I don't know. But it's it's really interesting to think about because, yeah, you're, you're right. What, I, I can't think of what the top toy would be unless it's a playstation which you still can't find by the way so i think it doesn't how many people play these things but yeah size size imagination games with these mcdonald's toys is (laughs) it's great it's great for brain development you end up as a podcast host and um (laughs) playing playstation you know constantly isn't gonna give you much it's all there for you it's done for you i gotta push back on this a little bit just a little bit like because I do get what you're saying, and I feel like I was kind of the last generation, maybe, that uh, didn't get that. I mean, I remember my favourite gift of all time, though, or maybe, well, maybe not favourite, I don't know, but the one that I really remember the most for obvious reasons was when I got a PS2 as a kid. I must have been, I don't know, six or seven or something. And I remember unwrapping the PS2, and it was just like that. You, you see the videos of the kids, right? They unwrap the PS5s now, and they just they just go nuts. I mean, that must have been me when I unwrapped that PS2. Like I, I just must have lost it. But at the same time, I think that there was still loads of just, you know, regular kind of manual gifts, I suppose you say, like your Hot Wheels sets and like stuff like this. Mm. You, you get the Argos catalogue and you circle them that I was, you know, just excited about. But I mean, now, like kids, 
like they they get like what what they call, I sound like such an old man now like the lol dolls aren't they a thing that kids like? That was a while ago. It's and, yeah, uh, kids oh God, kids I'm are playing kids, kids are playing Roblox now. That's yeah, Roblox that, that's big. like some yeah. It's but so that's huge. online, right? That's a video game. Yeah, but that's all they want to do. It's like crap for kids, man. They're all addicted to it. Like it's all, all the mums are on like the WhatsApp group saying, "How do we limit Roblox? Like, what do we do here?" <laughs> Like it's it's serious, man. It's like. But what I'm saying, what, what I'm saying about it is though, I I think you like the video games. I'm I'm an advocate of video games, as we know. I I think they do do a lot for. I think that you might be shocked that they actually maybe encourage kinds of development that you wouldn't expect and like types of imagination. I understand what you're saying, Dave, about you know, yeah. kids these days they don't have to like go out and think of their own games. They, they just get the games handed to them. But yeah, but they they just stay home and get groomed. You know. <laughs> That's dark. <laughs> well, that's the risk. That, that is the risk with this Roblox thing, you know? It's like a social media world where, you know, there, there are people lurking. You didn't have that threat, lurk, you know, in amongst your matchbox cars, did you? It's true. You've got a point. You've got a point. <laughs> yeah. But, like, like I, I found particularly becoming, well, I say adult, what resembles an adult, that when I was sort because of, I was sort of, not so denied, but I didn't have a lot of... Um, toys that i would have wanted as a kid i've gone as become an adult i've gone and bought them so i, I bought like i went through a, a stage of buying loads of batman figures and and things like, but they're still in the box in the garage doing nothing but i don't know why i still have them i'm, I'm hoping that one day there's a sudden surge in price in batman figures from years ago and you know I, and i've been buying like you know like Steelers figures and, and then i end up buying stuff that i don't really want but i know that my childhood self would want it but but I think, I do you know that's... what you should do, Dave? Because this is the thing. I think that the problem is with adults, right? You buy the figures and you put them in the box and you think, oh, these might go up in price one day because everything's monetary focused, right? You know what you should do, Dave? You should go into your garage. You should take the Batman figures, take them out of the box, and you should damn well play with them. You should Ooh. sit there. You should wait till your wife and your son go out one day and you should sit in the living room floor cross-legged and like invent little scenarios and just you know do whatever you do with the, the little figures. Can you can you imagine the scenario when my wife comes home to her six foot bearded, somewhat overweight husband sat on the middle of the middle of the living room floor, surrounded by crisp packets and and beer cans, playing with Batman figures. What's that... the over under on the divorce papers being filed? <laughs> Two weeks. <laughs> See, I, I I think if Chloe saw that, she'd just join in. <laughs> I don't I don't think she'd be surprised by it, but at the same time, I think she'd be massively impressed by it. You know. Uh, I, I do have to question your investment strategy. Some people are buying Dogecoin or whatever. You're buying oh. Batman figures. I'm not sure it's got the same, uh, you know, same potential don't, there. Don't get me started yeah. on Dogecoin. I just, why not? Right. Two years ago, long story short, two years ago I was going on about Dogecoin. I was like, I really want to buy some Dogecoin. Dogecoin's going to blow up because if there's one thing you can trust, it's the power of like, you know, memes, memes and idiots on the internet. Right, I was like, it's gonna happen, and but the problem was, I'm so stupid that I didn't understand how to like set up a bloody a Bitcoin wallet or whatever. You know, I, I didn't understand any of this stuff, so I just didn't do it. You're not stupid. It's, you're sensible. Dogecoin is is a joke. Man. Right, but but it he, is a hear, joke. Me out, hear me out. Hear me out. I I am stupid. You're gonna understand why. So the other day, right, Dogecoin like blows up. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, Dogecoin like starts to blow up, right? And and this was after I don't like from the point where I'd said I wanted some. To even when it was still worse next to nothing, I would have been like three hundred percent up, right? Then it blows up like a magnificent proportions to the point where I'm like, oh my god, this is like Bitcoin proportions have missed out. Then I'm like, okay, I, I can't continue to do this. And now they've got exchanges and it's easier to buy stuff, right, than it used to be. 
So I buy some Dogecoin, right? Because I'm like, I'm not missing out on this train any longer. I don't want to miss out on this. The second I buy Dogecoin, it starts plummeting. It starts plummeting, Gav. And it, and of it's, course, you you bought digital snake oil, man. Now listen, listen, this is what I'm saying, right? So it starts plummeting. And I know this, right? I'm not stupid enough to the point where I'm like, I don't know this, but I'm trying to take advantage of the rapid gains that the the volatility can uh, can offer, right? So it goes down, and but it's tanking to such an extent that I'm like, oh, this sudden rise was a flash in the pan. I'm Wait, lo- you sold? I'm losing out here. So I sold, right? <sighs> Having lost, only for the second I sell, it to fly up again this week, and yep. uh, worth double what I put in in the first place. So just completely screwed by Dogecoin. That's the that's the classic mistake, man. I know, you, I know. I fall right into the trap. Yeah, that's what that's what Elon Musk and his his, his you know big brained pals are hoping for. You, you you generate hype and then you you sell and then when they sell you buy. I know. I know, but it's so frustrating because I was in so early, I just didn't understand what to do. <laughs> you hodl, don't you? That's what the... You do, you hodl. But now I'm hodling Ethereum. I've, I've invested in Ethereum and it's steadily growing. Okay. Well, crypto seems to be the place. Yeah. That's anyway, what I'm don't say. know how we've gone from uh, toys to crypto to Dave playing with Batman figures on his. <laughs> Rich, you bought any Dogecoin? I haven't. You know, my, my son. Who I, I obviously need to start listening to more. He 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 told me about uh, Najee two years ago, right? He goes, Dad, you got to watch this running back for Alabama, man. The Steelers would do should draft this guy someday. I mean, he was on it, right? And then he taught he told me, I don't know, four years ago about crypt about uh, crypto currency and, and Bitcoin in particular. And he said, Dad, you ought to, you ought to invest in this, you know? And I was like, Ah, it's a it's a gimmick. It's like a it's like a pyramid scheme. It's not going to do anything. You know, it's just the people that get in early are going to be millionaires, and everybody else is going to be broke. So, so much for that because it's 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 booming right now. So, yeah, I I never done anything with it. Obviously, should have should have listened to my son though. I think I think you're right about Dogecoin. I think it is a pyramid. I think I think Bitcoin does have some potential of being a, a store of value and you know a potential. You know, currency in certain places. So I think I think you know, Bitcoin is here to stay. Dogecoin, man. If you, if, I mean, I could be well wrong, but I think you know, enjoy it while it lasts, Doge fans, because it's it's going to come crashing down. But you know, uh, Elon Musk goes on TV on Saturday and, and ramps it to the world, doesn't he? So, yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah. I, I just... There are some, just before I, you know get really dry and serious i think there are some you know nfts and all that stuff there are some very interesting aspects to blockchain technology where we can you can send like a you know you have a unique copy of something in the digital realm i think that's interesting and i think that that is going to affect our future you know like i want to let someone into my house so so i blockchain them my keys which exist digitally and there i only have one set and then you can get into my house and then you blockchain them back to me, and then I've got them again. You know, they, they, you know, or I can lend you my car. I can, just, you know, I can, I can ping you my car key so you can drive my car, and then you can ping them back. But why that, does that have to be on the blockchain? This is what I don't understand. I don't really get what the blockchain is. So, like, that, that's what blockchain is. it creates. You know how you know how like anything online at the moment in in, in our in our in our time is is copyable. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I send you a doc. You know, let's say a, a company produces a very highly uh, researched and, and uh, illustrated draft guide well that that's possible to replicate right and to, to send out and there's no way of tracking it or stopping it the blockchain would prevent that right so if you if you produce a, a draft guide in the blockchain then there is only one copy of it 
and you can't copy of it because it, 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 it's impossible because the, the, the network only recognizes one copy. So if I sent you the copy of the draft guide, I no longer have it. The, the, the network says it's with you. Okay. Right? And so to, then you, you, you're finishing reading it, you send it back. I have it. I, you can't copy it. Okay, and I understand. So it's basically like owning a physical item in the digital world, right? So exactly. I, I get that. So that, that. That's what it makes. That, that's, that's the most interesting use case of, block, of blockchain. And why, why it, it just happens to be that blockchain is at the moment used for money. So yeah. you could create this currency. The money exists only in the blockchain. But I think that the real potential for blockchain exists outside of money. I like, yeah, I like the logistical use that you, the example you've used there. My, my issue is that this, because all of a sudden this is blown up, right? The NFTs, the non-fungible tokens. This, to me, feels like a gimmick. Like, everyone all of a sudden has got an NFT, you know, rookie players have got an NFT, you know, a, a, a draft card, and Kevin Smith's releasing his, his NFTs. <laughs> yeah, but this is this is the early days of it, right? It's like the early days of the internet. It's, you know, it's it's chintzy, it's it's speculative, yeah. It's going to calm down. It will settle down, and and the actual you know the utility will come out of it. Where oh, okay. society goes, this is useful. We're going to do this, and companies will come on board, and it will get regulated, and yeah. you know it won't just be people trying to make money off other people. It will be like actually, this is a really good thing. Like your medical records exist. Let's let's keep them let's keep them safe. Let's not let let people let insurance companies get them that you don't want them getting. Them. Let's let's have one copy, and it, you can you can send it where you want, but it's safe. You know. That, okay. that, that's what will happen now. I like thing. that it's because good... that's a good explanation of the actual utility of it. Because my, my my thing so far is it just like you said, it does just feel like people trying to and, and you know this is me as well trying to speculate. How do you earn money off this, right? You don't want to be the last guy to the boat on this new trend, right? With like with Bitcoin and stuff, that feels like the new thing. So I've seen all this NFT stuff, and I'm like, what what is really the value of owning this 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 Beeple image that he's made, but and being the only guy to own it when but you can just copy the image. It's just that you don't own the specific code. That, do you know what I mean? Like, what's, what's the point? Well, you don't own the image. You own you own a likeness. You don't own the actual. Well, image I know, itself. but but it's not it's not real anyway. So, like, what difference does it make? Yeah, but this this, this, this is the uh, this is the 1997 version of the internet where you're you know you're going onto pages that have links and galleries. You know, it's not the internet as the as we experience it now. Yeah. You know. We, it's it's the dawn of a new horizon for us as as a society as a, as a world. But I just want to make sure that I shouldn't be buying NFTs. Uh, I, I can I cannot offer you any financial advice <laughs> regarding <laughs> NFTs about what you should or shouldn't do. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, well I thought that was a pretty productive conversation, David. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> It, it it got pretty uh, pretty dry towards the end there, but I think <laughs> apologies. <laughs> I think we all learned. This something. is why you need to be the captain of the kebab ship because I I bring things back to dry and boring quite quickly. So I think we all le- we all learned something about the blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one day, Dave, you'll own all the Batman figures in the blockchain, and then your wife won't be able to see you playing with them on the floor. If I knew what a blockchain was, I would agree with you. I just oh, gave you, you just a, a pretty it, good explanation, Dave. Come on, that was about as good as you get, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought that was pretty good, actually. I feel like I've left with a better knowledge of the blockchain than I had before I came in. Quite clearly, from my purchase of Batman figures, I have no idea how to manage my own money. So, <laughs> Okay, let's wrap this up before we start asking Gav how to open a crypto wallet. Um, <laughs> like I say, next week, hopefully, I'm, I'm like announcing this on the show before Mike's even said yes. So, like, hopefully, he's not listening. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to try and do his accent. Um, so, hopefully, Mike will be on next week, and we can dig a little bit deeper into the players themselves and like what they might bring to the team. And then also, I want to talk a bit about the draft in general. Like you said, Gav, like some of the the drafts we liked, didn't like, reaches, steals, 
etc etc either that or we'll launch our own token the uk steelers pittsburgh <laughs> ipo of our own token that you can buy and, and and use to trade in for a merch i mean how do you that. how how do you even do it and how do you i get how you mine for a bitcoin but how do you mine for a picture of kevin smith's face i don't understand it anyway Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Site Wrote This. Follow Gav at GM Boom Up. And follow Dave at This Is Dave Hart on Twitter. And uh, follow Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. And don't forget, it comes out soon, right? Army of the Dead. Go check it out. Can't wait. Yep. So, um, and I'm sure Rich will uh, post something fun on Instagram over there. I'm going to bury him, force him to do it now. Um, hmm. Cool. We'll see you all next week. Have a good week. Bye bye. See you later. Cheers, guys. See ya. Yeah.